It had to happen. It finally happened. We got some W's. We had a winning week. We stopped lighting money on fire, at least for one sweet, sweet weekend. We're going to talk about it right now. It's lighting money on fire with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Um, I'm a little bit disappointed in yeah. us, obviously, because we named the podcast for a reason. Yeah. And it seems as though we've forsaken that. We don't care We're just anymore. like, I'm just hungry for money. I, want, I, just I, want, want, I just want to win. I'm going to make bets that win sometimes. It's crazy. Stupid. We shouldn't do that. So what were our bets that won? Let's talk about, oh, let's let's talk about, talk about our it. namesake and the bet that lost first, which was suggested by me. Yes. So good job, me. Yep. Good job. I finally I, did one wrong. Actually, you, you suggested three bets last week, and two of them would have been incorrect. Well, guess what? We only did one. We did two of them, we actually. Two, and, and the other one was correct. Yeah. And I got, I got talked away from the other one. Yeah, you got I'm talked off the ledge. I'm a reasonable person. It's true. It's true. You actually were convinced to bet the opposite of what you wanted to bet originally. Yes. Thank God. So yeah, let's talk about that. the first one, though, the loser, which was we had under 47 in the 49ers Chargers game. Yep. Um, that did not happen because no. apparently C.J. Beathard is a reasonable backup quarterback. Well, that was problem number one. Problem number yeah. two is within the first like minute and a half of the game, Phillip Rivers decided to throw a pick six, which was a disaster for the under. An absolute disaster. I mean, it was. Yeah, no. It was. It was, it was. So we lost that bet because <laughs> yeah. the Niners actually made it a game and scored a bunch of points. And- yeah, there was a little while in the third quarter where I had some hope, but it quickly diminished. Into yep. nothingness. But let's talk about our happiness and our wins. They were easy wins. Just like this was kind of not that close a loss, these were also pretty basic easy wins. I mean, one, the one that we disagreed on, but you came around on when we were talking last week on the show, was the Bears minus three against the Buccaneers. Yeah. Whoo, boy, did that one work out. It did. That was really the, good. I And... We're going to talk more about that game, obviously, later in our more general NFL segment because it's mm. the Bears, and I fucking... This is where I didn't want to be, man. Oh, I got too right. much hope. Now Grant's unhappy hope. because they're winning. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. This is how... This is Rational how, behavior. This is taking five years off my life expectancy. Yeah. Hope. What if they What if they win the division? Oh, no. You have to kill yourself. You know yourself. what my least favorite movie is? Hope Floats. With Sandra Bullock? Because of hope. Who's in that? Is Sandra Bullock in that? Probably somebody. Even I don't know who's in that movie. That tells you how fucking lame that movie is. I think is. that's a movie that uh, only white people have seen. That is my assessment of that movie. I, I'm also going to say only white people were involved in making it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, probably. <laughs> All right. So floats. What are we saying here? <laughs> hope is an idea, right? I'm not crazy, right? It's just a concept. Well, you can metaphorically float, I suppose. Anyway. Can you? So, yeah, we crushed that with the Bears oh, minus three. It was 35 to three at one point. It was game. 48 to 10 at the end. Yeah. So pretty, well, pretty Mitchell, good. Mitchell Trubisky had the game of his life, which we're also going to talk about later in he our had the game of most people's lives. Yeah, it's true. In our ranking the quarterback segment, which is a special segment only for this episode, which yeah. we're looking forward to. We have a bunch of cool segments in this episode, actually. You promise? I do. Okay. I do. Cool. What was our other bet that we won? Uh, we had, this was your suggestion. We had yeah. Green Bay minus 10. Yep. It just felt like all the dumb money was going to be like, oh, Aaron Rodgers is kind of hurt, and Buffalo just did really well against Minnesota. Yep. They ended up winning, I believe, 22 nothing. 22 nothing. yeah. Yeah, and they were comfortably ahead the whole time. I mean, you know, when you're up 16 nothing and it's minus 10, you know, one touchdown will change it. But Buffalo did what Buffalo does and sucked, so that was good. So it's such a weird anomaly. The NFL is so difficult to understand with all these strange anomalies, like how did that Minnesota Buffalo game happen? I don't know. Man. And then they get shut out 22, nothing. How is that possible? I, I have no, well, here's the crazy thing. So Minnesota scored. What was it? 
10 points, six points. They scored six points against Buffalo in Minnesota. Then they play the Rams. Oh yeah. It was a Thursday night and they scored and Kirk cousins had an amazing game. They lost, but it was a crazy game and everyone scored a million points. And I don't understand how Buffalo shut him down. Super weird. NFL bizarre. There could be, as we call in poker metagame factors, such as maybe the Vikings all went and got really drunk the night before. Yeah. Maybe Buffalo game, or maybe they all got really drunk before the Rams game. You think about that? That's a good point. PEDs, bro. Drunken strength. <laughs> it happens. It does. It's isn't, like, that, isn't that like parents? Yeah. It's when, like they a, their, when they lift their car up, it's, when like, a father's, about it's like a father's love. You're yeah. just really good at throwing a football <laughs> when you're drunk. <laughs> I think there's something to it. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not a scientist, but I'm pretty so sure. So anyway, we had our first it. winning week. Yeah. Um, We're still down two units. Which is proof that you should not listen to us. And this is not Are you kidding? Advice. <laughs> this is finally the proof. Oh, no, that in that way. Yeah, okay. But maybe this means we're coming around, baby. The train we're, is circling. As as smart analytics guys would say, we're due. <laughs> we're due for a win or two. Yeah. yeah. Well, we did it, man. We uh, I was so looking forward to that 3-0 weekend and just be back to close to even anyway, but it didn't happen. It didn't because the stupid Chargers didn't play stupid defense against stupid C.J. Beathard. Or maybe not throw a pick six in the first two minutes. Phillip Rivers. I mean, how can we bet on Phillip Rivers not throwing a pick six? He throws it like underhand, basically. I mean, so easy to intercept, but he's good. He's, he's still good. good. He's a dick, though. He's got like 12 children. How can he be a dick? If you if you did a power <laughs> rankings of dickiest current yeah. NFL quarterbacks, yeah. is Philip Rivers not number one? Uh, I think you would argue Tom Brady's number one. I would argue that Tom Brady is number two. Behind Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers is a piece of shit. What did Philip Rivers ever do to you? Just listen to him talk one time or watch him talk to his teammates one what time. What does he say? He says to his teammates... I don't know some words that are bad. See, like, you don't even. Like, I fucking anything. hate. I fucking hate you and all of your family. Are, is this a Mormon thing? Because he's a Mormon. Because that's not. He's cool, not a bro. Mormon. He's not. No, he's just a. He just has a ton of kids. He's some sort of religion. But you sure he's not a Mormon? I'm pretty sure. Uh, we got some we, producer. Look that up. I think Philip <laughs> Rivers is a Mormon. We need to know because I got to know if Grant's being racist against Mormons right now. Because I hope he is. Mormons are not. You've been called out, sir. They're yeah. not a race. <laughs> Also, oh, wow. Look also, at you denying Mormons. If, if, there's, the if there's a safe space to talk shit about Mormons, it's got to be a sports betting podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I, th- I think we're safe to talk shit about Mormons. So you admit you're t- you hate him because he's Mormon. He's not Mormon. All right. So, oh, but if he was, you'd hate him. All right. So if you were doing power rankings yeah. for least likable quarterbacks. Yeah. Easy, I got an easy number one and it ain't Philip Rivers. All right. Who is it? It's Ben Roethlisberger by a million years. Okay. That's, that's fair. Thank you. Fair and reasonable. Thank you. Okay, then I got Rivers number two, and actually my number three is not Tom Brady. Wow. It's Russell Wilson. How about Jameis Winston? He just like oh, God. sexually assaulted an yeah. Uber driver. Now we're like talking about politics and you shit. You said douchey least likable guys. What do you want from me? I mean, I just, I agree, but I don't want to have to because yeah. Russell Wilson annoys me. <laughs> so, <laughs> Russell Wilson is the, the fakest QB. Yes. I'll give you that. He's super fake. Yeah. Crazy fake. And even though like Jameis Winston's like, I didn't do anything wrong. Russell Wilson's faker, you know? No, Jameis Winston actually admitted to doing something wrong. Oh, did he? Yeah. He said okay. I did something wrong and Sorry. he apologized. Yeah. I take that back for Jameis fans. That's that I just sort of threw it out there. Yeah. I assume because everyone says that, which so of I course does did. not excuse him in any way. I mean, he's done a lot of things wrong already considering how old he is and where he is in life. But you know what? He's still around. I don't know. I got nothing to say. I can't defend it. It's anyway, awful. This this like terribleness <laughs> of quarterback thing. I didn't yeah. realize how political we were going to go. I didn't know either. I didn't know we were going to get onto sexual assault, but you brought it. You dragged us into it. I'm pretty sure you You did. started with the anti-Mormon stuff and we ended up with sexual assault. Congrats. I'm fine talking anti-Mormon all day because I know I, you as are. I said there's not a Mormon in the world who listens to a sports betting podcast. 
Unless they're Jack Mormon. Let's find out if, if um, Philip Rivers actually is Mormon or not. Philip Rivers is a devout Catholic. Oh, so close, though. Yeah. <laughs> Basically the same thing, right? Oh, yeah. I'm sure Catholics love hearing that. As Catholic it, sports bet, like, fucking every day. <laughs> so they're listening for sure. Sorry, they're Catholics. all pissed off now. I wouldn't know. You, don't know. you don't know how to manipulate the audience. I, I'm going to be like, fuck Mormons. I love Catholics. <laughs> Guess what? I just want a bunch of love. <laughs> that's really going to make this. This show is going to rocket up the iTunes charts now. I think that's obvious. We can just make a little viral clip of that. It'll be fine. Okay. turns out he's a devout Catholic. <laughs> I mean, as a Jew, to me, it's all the same. I got to tell you. You're all non-Jews as far as I'm concerned. But that's it. Does it even count? You don't practice Judaism? I I still see the rest of the world as, you know, you're A or B. You're, it's a binary world for me. You're a Jew or you're not. <laughs> That's a really uh, dangerous political and religious perspective. <laughs> yes, it is. Wow. Yeah. Not where I thought we were going to go on this show as early on. I thought we were going to be <laughs> like an hour in before we I've get been into hoping Jewish for something stuff. like this to happen. <laughs> I've been wanting to rank the religions. <laughs> religion we were, power rankings. We were, we were going to do top five quarterbacks, but why not do top five religions? Not just for now, but for the next five years. <laughs> well, for the next five years, yeah. it's pretty easy. I mean, Catholicism's in a bit of a rut. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is. I might Everyone have to go that. Scientology number one because wow. of their ability to make money. Dude, like, also their ROI is huge. They're huge that's, star power yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I mean, you you realize they can put Will Smith, Tom Cruise. Will Smith doesn't admit to it. He just thinks they're air quotes geniuses. Okay, um, whatever. But, yeah, Will Smith, Tom Cruise. I'm going to say Brad Garrett, although I don't really have any John knowledge of that. <laughs> We're just randomly assigning Brad Garrett as Scientologist. Yeah. No, John Travolta. Though. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's a bunch of others. The um, I can't remember her name right now. The, the actress from Mad Men and The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, yeah. Elizabeth Holmes? That's not no, her name. No, Katie Holmes Katie. is one, but um, oh, oh, I can't pull I can't remember She's her name. fantastic, actually, as an actress. She yeah. won, she, I think she won the Emmy for Handmaid's Tale and deserved it. Uh, but yeah, she is. I think she's Beck, definitely a Scientologist. I think Beck's a Scientologist. Beck. Yeah. Oh, the uh, the singer. Yeah, Beck. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think that? Because uh, I think I've heard Beck is a Scientologist. Oh, okay. I think if there's any uh, what who's the guy? Oh, Cedric the Entertainer. He could be right. <laughs> <laughs> you just made that up. <laughs> Cedric the Entertainer. <laughs> he seems like he seems like the kind of guy. All right. All right. So all right. Let's let's can we bring it back? To yeah. Let's light some money on fire. Okay, All right, so let's talk about what we're going to. You're not going to say everything because I guess there's a surprise segment, but we're going to yeah. have um, we're going to do a special segment where we rank the NFL quarterbacks for the rest of the season, top yep. five, and maybe we do for the next five years also. I hope so. Um, we're going to do our fantasy check-in, yeah, because that's fun. We're going to go over to the Eastern Conference of the National Basketball Association. Nicely said, I like and, it. And uh, start with the Central Division and do the NBA over unders for the year there. Yeah. And we are going to do our best bets at the end of the show. And here's the segment, the surprise segment. Surprise no longer. We're going to fix something, too. Oh, we are? Yeah. We got All one right. thing to fix. All right. Welcome school. back, Sportnado listeners and Get, Drunk Sports grab listeners. Me a, grab me a beer. I need, yeah. need, I need a beer for yeah, that. Yeah, you do. Okay. So let's get into some of this stuff. So the NFL happened once again. Oh, did it? And let's just talk about a few things that happened before we get into our quarterback ranking stuff, because there's a few interesting things. To me, most notably, while quarterbacks went crazy, we're going to talk about quarterbacks anyway, Frank Reich did a thing. Yeah. Which, it was a little strange to me anyway. So here's the situation. I have it right here. They were at their own 43-yard line. The game was tied. Now, you got to maybe give a little context. What are the teams that we're talking about no here? No problem. So Frank Reich is the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. That's very good. They're playing the uh, Houston Texans. Yeah. There is 
24 seconds left in overtime. The game is tied. They are at their own 43-yard line, and it is fourth and four. It had just been third and 21. They got 17 yards. It's fourth and four. So they're feeling it. They're feeling it. That's so Frank the first Reich, stat you Frank need. Reich decided they were going for it rather than punting here. Okay. Yep. So it failed. Uh-huh. And the Texans took over with 24 seconds left or 22 seconds And left. had an easy way and to get And got through. one first yeah. down. Immediately threw like a 15-yard pass to DeAndre Hopkins. Kicked a field goal. Won the game. And uh, both teams at that point, I think, were one and two. So the Colts fall to one and three, I believe. And the, uh, and the Texans now improved. Oh, no, the Texans were 0-3, so yeah, they, they get were. their first win. So that's a big win for Bill O'Brien, by the way. So he might have been on the hot seat if they had lost this game. Okay, so afterward, of course, all the press went and asked Frank Reich about it, asked all the Colts about it. Frank Reich defended it to, you know, to his death. He said, I will always go for it in that spot. I hate ties. I'm not about ties. I'm always going to go for the win. And all the Colts said how much they loved it and thought it was fantastic and all that. And I got to tell you, I thought it was dumb as shit. Um, yeah, so... There's a couple things. I agree. It's dumb as shit. Cool. There's a couple things that I think could be factors here as yeah. to why he would do that. Great. Uh, number one, he may have some kind of radial knowledge of analytics guys over the past couple of years saying like people don't go for two enough. People don't go for it on fourth down right. enough. These are the spots where he's supposed to do it, but he doesn't actually know where and when he's supposed to do it. And he's like, I'm one of those aggressive analytics guys. Now I'm going to do it, even though this is a horrible situation to do it in. Yeah, maybe there's that. Number two, the player part where all the players loved it and stuff. Maybe that is important, actually. Maybe. That, there could be factors down the line where that builds trust in him because football is a game of dumb. And people like get all excited about, oh, hitting people is great and let's be aggressive at all times. And, and the players buy into that shit because yeah. that's how they're taught. And I think they have this coach who's like not afraid and will, will trust his players, even though... The analytics say it's a horrible thing to go for it in that spot. Yeah, and, and let's talk about exactly why it's horrible because there was actually a similar situation, but actually quite different, where the Texans had the ball. That, sorry, not the Texans. The Titans had the ball. It's very close, um, and they were down by three, and they had four, like fourth and two or fourth and three, and they were like on their they were on not their own, but the uh, their opposing teams. Whoever I can't remember who they played anymore, but it was it was a pretty good team. But they were on the opposing teams like. 40 yard no it wasn't 40 like 33 yard line or something like that so and they went for it as well and they got it and they ended up scoring a touchdown and winning the game um but to me those are really different situations like you're kicking a field goal which is like often not going to succeed anyway so it's not like you're like frank reich by punting guarantees a tie or almost guarantees it yeah by kicking a field goal if you're um mike vrabel the coach of the titans you're often going to lose by trying to kick right, that field goal. Right, that's a 50-yard field goal. Right. So it doesn't seem like a good idea when you can get a first down. There was enough time left in the game, too. There was more like a minute, minute and change in the game that if they got the first down, they'd have a chance to win the game for reals, which they ended up doing. So to me, that was that risk made sense. This one by Frank Reich made no sense. Well, it matters what yard line you're on, too, a lot. Like, Frank yeah, Reich was in course. a spot where he right. gives it to the other team and they can get a field goal easily. Right. If they yeah. were... Sorry, go ahead. Whereas in Tennessee... Like the other team gets the ball, it's not really going to be a big deal because first of all you're down, but also you're on the opposing team's 34. Right. Let's say you're on the opposing. If you're Frank Reich, you're on the opposing team's 30 yard line, and Adam Venturi's got a hurt leg, and you feel like you can't kick the field goal there, right? Um, and it's fourth and four. Go for it there. Fine. Sure. That makes sense. I get that. Um, but this now you're like, here's the thing. They had one timeout left. They threw the ball, and it, I mean, had it been caught, it would have been a first down, but it was going to be a first down. They threw it to the middle of the field. The guy was, there was a dude right on him. He would have been tackled for sure, the receiver. And they would have had to burn their timeout. There would have been like 20 seconds left. They would have been at like the 40, 
49 yard line or something like that. And they would have 22 seconds to like do all these things, including kick a field goal, which is possible, but incredibly unlikely. Yeah. Like, so it's so hard to win the game anyway by doing this, but you give the Texans a great chance to win the game by doing this. So it's just a terrible, dumb play. That's all. I agree. Okay. All right. Just want to say Frank Wright, kind of (laughs) dumb. Well, uh, I guess the Colts aren't so good at um, hiring smart people. Yeah. Because Chuck Pagano was, you know, not smart. Not smart. Yeah. He was bad and dumb. Remember <laughs> that uh, TV show we came up with? Uh, oh, yeah. Chuck goes Chuck to school. Chuck goes to school. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, it's all a mess starting with Jim Irsay, I guess, the owner who has a lot of personal problems, and maybe that has to do with why they hire dumb people. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe well, he wants to hire people he knows he's smarter than, and so, wow. Let's talk bad. about the end of another game. Okay. And then talk about the game as a whole, because it's a very interesting game, and that's the Monday night football game mm. between the Chiefs and the Broncos, uh, where the Chiefs ended up winning yeah. in pretty impressive fashion. I want to talk about the Broncos' attempt on their last play. Oh, they, okay. They were, uh, they were down by four, and there were 14 seconds on the clock, and... They right. had the ball at like the 35 or something like that. The opposing team's 35. And uh-huh. they ran a hook and ladder play. Yeah, I that remember that. did not this. work. No. Where the rookie, what's his name, Sutton? I think that's right. Yeah, Sutton caught the ball, tried, tried to, to ladder, right. lateral it to Emmanuel Sanders, who appeared not to understand that he was supposed to catch the ball. <laughs> it seemed like it, yeah. yeah. And they, lo- a bad throw, they lost the game. Yeah. The question is, was that a decent move? Uh, like when yeah. Case Keenum's your quarterback... Can you trust Case Keenum to throw accurately 40 yards down the field, first of all? I guess not in, in their estimation. Secondary question is, should they have gone for the first? Because it was fourth and 10. Mm-hmm. Should they have gone for the first and tried to clock it? Jason Witten on the broadcast, I don't know how true this is, said that um, you have to give yourself 11 seconds to clock it. Oh, that's So they cool. would have had enough time to clock it. Probably. But they were down by four, so then they would just be like one shot just at the end zone take anyway. a shot yeah. at the end zone, yeah. Okay. I think it's a pretty clear great play, and I, I really agree. like it. I was surprised that... Um, Witten and the other guy, whoever's doing play-by-play now for Monday Night Football, killed it as much as they both said, you can't do that play here. And all. It seemed really strange to me. It seemed like a great play, either by making that lateral. If Sanders catches it, he's either going to go in for a touchdown, which it looked like he had a shot at, but if not, he he'd be able bounds. to easily get out of bounds. They'd be able to preserve all of the clock and get a much better chance at um, scoring a touchdown or you know working the ball down the field more or whatever they want to do. But I think a lot of times they actually score a touchdown on that play. It looked like Sanders might have had might have had a lane there to be able to just go down the sidelines. So I love that play. You're not going to win much anyway at that point. I think you're supposed to do that, and I think it's crazy that they're that they would say that that's a bad play. Yeah, I don't understand why everyone gets all this stuff wrong, man. Everyone gets it wrong except for us. Of course, we're the only people who are right in the. But world. you know, but it's weird. It's weird though that stuff that feels like like Frank Reich wrong. You know yep. what I mean? And all the, Indi- by the I went on the Reddit uh, Colts boards after the game to see if they were upset about it or not. And everyone was supporting it and saying how great it was in the right play. Almost everyone. And I was like, wow, this feels like some Stockholm syndrome kind of shit. You know, like Frank Reich has man. kidnapped the entire Colts <laughs> fan base. It feels like it. That's you know? a requirement for Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, you're I, aware I, of that, right? I am. I am. So you're the guy who's always right. I, I obviously I meant it metaphorically. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like, cool. But thanks for being you. I just have to really bring up because you're saying everybody's wrong, but me Stockholm. I actually didn't say that. I said us. I was including you in it, but now you're out. I'm down. I you. felt I've, I wanted to be out. Can we yeah. talk uh, more about that game a little bit? Yeah. And mostly I want to focus on Patrick Mahomes. Cool. Because this, I, you know, I've seen the stats. I've seen 
highlight plays, but I haven't watched an entire Chiefs game yet this year. This is the first time most people saw an entire game of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And his stats were not as good as no. they have been, but I thought he was very impressive. You watch, you watched the game. What did I you did think? watch it. I thought he was impressive, but I think it's weird because it felt like this is the game where everyone's now anointing him. Like franchise. I saw like, I think pro football talk after wrote franchise quarterback, like as their headline and they're talking about Pat Mahomes and, Again, the Monday Night Football guys were talking about this being like almost as if this is his most impressive win. And I was like, he was mostly shut down. He was unable to get a whole lot going on down the field. All the stuff I was expecting and looking for from him. He did sort of pull a number of rabbits out of his hat and looked impressive yeah. that way. He, I think, had the most yards outside the pocket passing in the history of the league or something like that, yeah. yesterday, which is crazy, like 152 yards or something like that. Or maybe it was just in the history of Monday Night Football. I don't think it was, but it was, I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not sure. Um, but whatever. It was a huge amount. He did some cool stuff. At the same point, I was expecting to see this like Air Force incredible show of strength, you know, like I'm a great passer and I'm going to just put up 40 points. And actually, that isn't what happened. And the Broncos showed good cornerbacks and a good defense can still shut down even this guy. Well, I don't feel like they did shut him down, though, because really? he was able to to get his when he needed to, to a certain extent. And I, from what I saw, he, he looked so poised. Like everything he did looked so poised. His throws were accurate on the run when he was out of the pocket yeah. with fucking Von Miller chasing him. That's and he true. was still accurate way down the field. He did have the one of the most crazy plays where as Von Miller was chasing, he switched hands with the ball. And yeah, through left-handed. <laughs> through left-handed to a guy and it worked and they got the first down. That was outrageous. I mean, yeah, I, I think the most impressive thing to me was his just level of maturity and poise, it seemed like. Well, that's fair. Kind of going into the season, I thought like, this guy's going to throw 35 interceptions just based on like the type of quarterback mm. he seemed to be based on what I had heard. But he, he's not throwing really any interceptions. Yeah. And he's he's accurate. And he keeps plays going in ways that other players don't, except for like Russell Wilson sometimes, you know? It's very impressive. I, I really, I see a lot in him from, from that game. I mean, and, he certainly looked pretty good, but he didn't look like the MVP last night, which I was just sort of expecting him to look like. I think all. that's a game an MVP could have, for sure, against a good defense. Okay. On the road in Denver. Fine. I, I don't disagree with you, but like, an, well, an, NBA, an MVP can have that game. That's, he didn't look like an MVP. You know what I mean? That's like I, I kind of disagree. All right. I thought he did. I thought he looked great. I didn't see any throws that looked horrible or anything like that. I just saw them. I thought I'm unable to, you know, succeed a lot of the time against Denver. That's what I saw. He succeeded more than most quarterbacks succeed against Denver. I mean, this year? Is that true? I think so. I don't I really mean, know. I guess Denver had a bad game or two defensively. That's possible. Just, I don't I, have the stats on that. I don't know. I want to look it up now just to get a sense of how Denver's done because I don't know either. It's easy to find out. And apparently our, uh, we have a guy who's supposed to be helping us, but he's not going to. That's fine. I got it right here. No, no, don't worry about it, dude. Actually, so Denver <laughs> Denver gave up 27 points to Baltimore last week. They gave up 19 points to Oakland, and they gave up 24 points to Seattle. So Kansas City scored 27, so it's about the same. Everyone scored about the same amount of points, right? Yeah. Give or take. So I don't know. That's fine, but it just wasn't like, whoa. You know, that's to all, me. That's to me, might. the way he looked was like that. Was like whoa. Well, a lot of the I world was, agrees I with you. I was convinced. Okay. Yeah. Well, that leads kind of interestingly right into our ranking the quarterback segment because there's been so many insane. There's so much insane play by quarterbacks this season so far. Yeah. Mitch Trubisky threw six touchdowns this weekend. Whoop! Jared Goff threw five touchdowns this weekend. Who cares? <laughs> um, Mahomes set the record for touchdowns in the first three games. Yeah. You know. Um, 
Ryan Fitzpatrick, at least for a while, you know, only quarterback ever to throw for 400 yards first three games. Until of the he season. had to face a real team. And now he's done. Yeah. Yeah. But there's just, there's been a lot Matt of Ryan. really extraordinary play. Matt Drew Ryan. Brees. Yeah. There's been so much. So it's time to get serious and rank these dudes. Who do we want? And we have two, two categories, rest of season and for the next five years. All right. Let's start with rest of season. Okay. This is hard, much harder for me for the next five years. Much five, next five years is much easier. Um, well, I think it's easier for me to say rest of season. I'm just going to take Aaron Rodgers as number one. Even with his injury? Yeah. I, don't, I think, I mean, he'll heal. I don't see how you can do that. I have a real problem well, you, with that. Well, you just watched me do it. So how do you not see? I don't, well, I, I, my eyes are closed. And <laughs> okay. I, I'm sometimes a go You made blind. a big deal before the podcast started about having an eye line on me so you could react well to my things and you had your eyes closed? Yeah, I don't want to see you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just about, you know, understanding the, the, the tone of things. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is, is maybe the most accurate quarterback in NFL history. Coming into the season, everybody would say if you could have a quarterback, you would, most people would say, I would take Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't think enough has changed for me to change my mind on that. I mean, we don't have enough of a sample size. We have a huge sample size of Aaron Rodgers being successful as a quarterback. Of course we do. Look, if he wasn't hurt, I'd completely agree with you. But he's been hurt, and I think their offense has suffered as well as a result. But now we got to look that up. And I mean, don't worry, stack guy. I'll do it all the work. It's fine. <laughs> I got it. Um, so let's see. So Green Bay against Buffalo scored 22 points. That's fine. They definitely, I mean, they left some points on the board, but I don't necessarily blame them for that. They were up the whole game and stuff. Let's take a look at their schedule and how they've done. Against Chicago, they scored 24 points. They tied Minnesota with 29, only scored 17 against Washington and scored 22 against Buffalo. So like he's been hurt since, uh, when did he get hurt? Was it week, week one? one? Yeah. Against the Bears. So they did, he did pretty well against the Bears when he came back. He did pretty well against Minnesota where they scored 29. But then he got 17 and 22 the last two weeks against not amazing teams or anything right. like that. And so want, I'm saying he's hurt. Yeah, I want to clarify something. Um, okay. When I'm doing this, I'm not taking into account fantasy points or anything like that. Right. I'm not talking about fantasy football at all. I'm talking, and I'm not talking about how many points or yards he puts up, but who I would want quarterbacking an NFL team to make it most likely that they would win. Right. So yeah. you want the hurt guy. Yes. I don't want the hurt guy. I want Aaron Rodgers. I don't want the hurt guy. I can't really decide between like six other guys, though. I don't know what to do, man. There's too many guys who are so close to each other. Rogers' injury makes him makes him one of the group, as far as I'm concerned. But like, I got a Rod. That's a Rodge, of course. Uh, Brady, Wentz is in there for me. Yeah. Big Ben is in there for me. Drew Brees is in there for me. I don't know what to. Pat Mahomes is sort of knocking on the door there too. I don't know what to do. I mean, Mahomes. I kind of want to take Big Ben. Matt Mo- Mahomes does have 14 touchdowns and zero interceptions. Yep, that's and, pretty good. And they're three and one. They look good. They're 4-0. They're 4-0, and they look great. Yeah. They have, they've got a big game coming up. By this the way, week Andrew Luck just had a big game. What if he's back? I put him on the list, actually, as a possibility, but I can't, I can't put him there yet. I'm not ready to put him in the top five yet. There's so many other guys. I'm going old school with my, if yeah. my rest of the season list. I'm going Rodgers, Breeze, Brady. Then after that, it gets weird for me. It might be Matt Ryan. He's been playing really well. Mm-hmm. It might be Mahomes, just because what the hell? Like, he's been incredible. Wentz is definitely in my top five. He's not for me. I don't, I don't see how you could not have him in your top five. You just saw it again. I don't understand. I don't understand why. He, he should have been the MVP last year, right? If he doesn't get hurt, he's the MVP last year. He's coming back. He's, Mahomes is not coming off a torn ACL and is doing better than Wentz was on a per-game basis that's last true. year. That's true. But don't we expect that to slow down? Why? Well, then why wouldn't you put Mahomes number one? If you don't expect to slow down, why isn't he your top guy? Because there's a huge sample size of the guys I'm talking about ahead of him being good. There's not that of Carson Wentz. 
Wentz has a much bigger sample size than Mahomes. Yeah, like Nick Foles does, kind of. You look, at, he Grant is now looking at me as if he just like dropped a freaking dime on me. No, I like, just don't just like the way you're me. talking about my opinions as if they're fucking stupid. <laughs> Fuck you. Okay. That makes more sense. I feel like Wentz is a, like Wentz played great for 12 games last year and then got hurt, right? He was, I mean, that's meaningful to me anyway. You don't have to think it's meaningful. I mean, I have all the same guys on my list too. Don't get me wrong as, as candidates here. Um, so I think it's all close, but I got Wentz in the top five. That's all. Roethlisberger, by the way, who you might want number one, currently has eight touchdowns to five interceptions. Yeah. It's not very good. That is really not good at all. He had yeah. a tough game uh, last week. Everyone here, no one's here has had four great games. Mahomes is the closest probably, but no one's had four great games, and that makes it tough for two. Yeah, Rivers, could, I guess, is close, but you can't make Rivers. Tough, it could be argued right? that Mahomes has had four great games. It could be. I think some people would. I guess I wouldn't argue that, though, personally. I mean, what did he end up doing yesterday when all was said and done? I don't know. Like, what was what he was only had one rushing? passing touchdown, but no interceptions, and he had a rushing. He ran t- one in too. Yeah, he yeah. had a rushing touchdown. He threw for three. I mean, six point eight yards per attempt. Fine, whatever. Uh, Twenty for forty-five. I mean, the, the numbers don't don't jump out at you. Doesn't that doesn't necessarily have to mean that he's not great? Um, the rest of the numbers do jump out at you, of course, the last three weeks, and we'll see where he goes. And he was up against great cornerbacks. Yeah. And as I'm saying, Andrew Luck also like seemed to bounce back last week in a pretty serious way. He did. Now, if the game was, you know, 35 seconds shorter, his numbers would be a lot less impressive. True. Is what I will say. Like, he got overtime numbers added to it. He picked up a touchdown and two-point conversion at the very end of regulation as well. Just saying. Let's talk about some of the people that neither of us have mentioned that some people might be like, what the hell? Russell Wilson? Uh, I can't even consider him in the top five. He just has too many stinkers. Yep. I think he's a reasonable candidate for the next five years, and I have him on my list, actually, in the top five for the next five years, but he is not in the top five this year, personally. Kirk Cousins has been quite impressive that so far. That guy can fuck off. There's no way. <laughs> There's no way. He is not a consideration. Really? Yeah. Is 131 he? for 189, 1,387 yards, 10 touchdowns, two interceptions, 7.3 yards per attempt. Have you seen that guy, though? Like, when he's, like, looking around and stuff, his eyes get so big, they're like saucers. Jared I don't trust Goff. him. Jared Goff at least made the, the consideration list, but Jared Goff is basically going off of one really, really great yep. game. It's not enough. I need to see a little more. But with that game, I know that game was huge for it. He yeah. has 10 and a half yards per attempt. For the season? Yeah, so does wow. Fitzpatrick, by the way. which Who is not going to be playing anymore. He, I mean, 10 and a half yards per attempt might be the all-time record if he does it for the whole well, season. Well, he's not going to do it. No. Well, look who's so sure. How, what's his interception to uh, touchdown ratio? Do you have that? Uh, yeah, I do. It's uh, 11 to 2. That's really good. Now he now it was five to two going into the game though, which is who cares? No, it wasn't. Right? He only had five touchdowns. Oh, he's that's not right. as good as, He's not Sorry. as good as the Trubis. Six to two. Six to two is pretty good actually. The for three games. It's not great. So I just need to see him do this a little bit more before I'm ready to put him in my top five. But he's an interesting guy. Trubisky. I mean, come on. <laughs> One good game in his career. I don't think it counts. I don't think he's there yet. He's got eight touchdowns and three interceptions on the year. That's not yeah, bad. He had two He had two and three, but coming into the game. 70% completion rate, 7.27 He yards. had one of the greatest games of all time as a quarterback. Because he's one of the greatest of all time. However, he's not in the top five yet. And he's going to have to do this. He's gonna, if he does this two more times, he's well in the top five, right? He's cemented there, but come on. All right. No one expects it. To summarize, my top five rest yeah. of year is going to have to be, I might change it around a bit, but it's going to be Rodgers, then Breeze, then Brady. Then I don't fucking know. Yeah, exactly. This then, is really hard. Then I think I might have to go Mahomes. Okay. And then I probably have to go, I'm not doing, I'm not fucking doing Ben Roethlisberger. And you're not doing Wentz. 
And I'm not doing Wentz. So who are you going to do? Rivers, Luck, Ryan, Goff? Those are the only other really reasonable guys, I think. I'm going Luck. Wow. He's, he had one good game pretty much, too, so far this year. Just he has saying. nine touchdowns, three interceptions, 1,126 yards. Yep. Without this one game, he had five touchdowns and three interceptions. I'm not. I'm just saying. Well, let's like, just cherry pick out the good things all the I time. I know, but I'm Everybody's just saying. shitty if you take away their a good lot games. Of the, well, a lot of these guys have had only one good game. We're talking about for the rest of the season, though. I think it matters a little bit. Andrew Luck can, is also a guy who has reasonable sample size, not as big as the other guys I'm talking about. He's coming off an injury from the last two years. But you no. were talking about you can't trust Wentz. <laughs> I don't know, man. All right, here's, here's my top five. I admit, this is all super hard. It's some combination. I don't really know who I'm putting one, honestly. I guess I don't like any of these guys at one. I don't like any of them. Brady in the one? I, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> no. My, my top five without being able to put them in order is essentially Rodgers, Wentz, Brady, Breeze, and Big Ben with Mahomes number six. How do you and, take Big Ben right now? Because in my head, he's doing better than he's really doing, I guess. Because when you said eight, eight to five, that's really shockingly bad, Yeah, actually. So maybe, okay, you know what? You just talk, okay, I'll drop Big Ben and put Mahomes in at number five. That's fair. I'm willing to do that. Yeah, 14 and nothing. That's pretty good. 14 and oh. That's really good. And you know what? Andy Reid traded away uh, his guy because he's like, this is, we're ready. Mahomes yeah. is ready. So that means something too. All right, Mahomes is in the top five. All right. And he can throw it with both hands. Which is super sweet. Yeah. Let's transition to the next five years. Next so we're having years. a draft right now where real NFL teams were not fantasy owners. Yeah. Who are you taking first overall from a quarterback pers- perspective? This one is so hard. I know. I think There's so many guys. So could. for five years, I think I might go Aaron Rodgers. He's wow. Thir- he's, Sorry. Shocking. He's 34 years old. Yeah. He wants to play till Brady age. Yes. I, I, does he, has he said that? Yeah. Okay. So if he can maintain what he's doing, wow. it's, it's pretty clearly him if it's only five years, not career. That's interesting. I never considered Aaron Rodgers. Not once. You understand why, though? I right? do. I do. It's not crazy. I mean, Breeze and Brady are both still playing at a very high level, and they're older than yeah. Aaron Rodgers would be if he's 34, you're saying? Yeah, I think he's 34. Do we actually know that? He's either 34 or 35. Okay. All right. Um, I would be really concerned that most guys don't play at a high level as late as Breeze and Brady have, and I'd just be concerned that, you know, one big hit, it's harder to come back from injuries. He's got a lot more miles and a lot more tread on the tire and stuff like that. But it's not crazy when you that's say a, That's a reasonable concern. Yeah, it's not crazy at all that you... That you and if, if, I, if you told me he's going to play all five years, he's going to be healthy, putting him number one is obviously, like, probably the thing you have to do. So, that's, so it just comes down to health. Yeah. I struggle with number two. Yeah. Between Andrew Luck and Mahomes. Jeez, Andrew Luck also not even considered in my list. That's really interesting. Why? Um, I just, he's had one good game since he, in the last two and a half years, he's had one good game. That is true. That's a real concern for me. Yeah. He's just, but he's, he's definitely in the prime of his career if he's healthy. Yep. For the next five years. Yep. So I just feel like, you know, it's like such a mistake if you take a guy. Also, there's so many other reasonable candidates here. That's why I, I just couldn't consider Luck. But I hear you. If, if Andrew, if you, again, if you told me Andrew Luck is 100% healthy, he's got to make the list, yeah. right? I then, don't know where he is on it, but he's got to make it. Then I think I put Wentz three. Okay. And then... Well, wait, you did... You did but Wentz is really four, right? Because you did Luck and Mahomes tied for second. Oh, yes, that's right. Okay, so, so Wentz is four, and then who's five? There's a bunch of guys. It could be Goff. Could be. It, it, could, it could... Matt Ryan's a bit too old, I think. You can't do Ryan. Come on. Could be Trubis. I mean, I, I can't. I can't pick Trubisky. But by I the way, you to. could totally do Ryan. You made Aaron Rodgers your number one guy. Ryan's younger than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Oh, he is. Yeah. You sure? He's oh. like thirty-two or something. Okay. Yeah, he's just not as good though. Nope. <laughs> he sure isn't. That's yeah. So who's your five? Oh, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Okay, right. that's totally reasonable. Yeah. All right. Here's my top five for the next five years. 
I don't know. Maybe you're going to hate this list, but it's fine. Number one, Carson Wentz. Yeah. Number that. two, Pat Mahomes. Okay. Number, th- number three, Jared Goff. Um, yeah, I'm not convinced, but I could be. I mean, he's been at least pretty darn good, and yeah. he looks so good that I'm open to it. The, um, in the, I know it's just one game, but the game against the Vikings, oh, my God, those throws were amazing. Yeah. But, I mean, he's also had a good year and a half also. Yeah. Um, number four, Russell Wilson. And number five, I'm sort of torn between the Troob Troob and Deshaun Watson. Really? Yeah. You got the Troob Troob on there. I Troob like Troob and, and Watson. I mean, Troob threw six touchdowns. I can't ignore it. I yeah. know one of them was a shovel pass. Two other ones, guys, were completely wide open. But he looked good. Yeah. And Deshaun Watson has struggled this year, although he's coming back. He's getting looking a little bit better, but was amazing last year. Yeah. And I got it. There's still a chance he's going to... Re- if he recovers the form from last year, he could be number one on this list really easily, right? So... I guess I go Deshaun because he's got a little bit bigger body of work, but not much. Yeah. You can make a very reasonable case for Mitch Trubisky right there. I want. I wish I had done that. I want to put Trubisky, but I'm not going to remove Aaron Rodgers, so I'm going to stick you with Trubisky. You can keep an Andrew Luck also. Uh, yeah, I think I am. Okay. Yeah, I have to do that. You have to. It All must right. be done. Let's do a quick fantasy check-in. Full, full fantasy check-in. Fantasy check-in. Yes. I did it in, in a way that was not exciting. Yeah, you did. I try to change it up sometimes. Too Sometimes, much, though. I, like, I think our show has too much excitement. Sometimes the listeners get overstimulated. So You worry someone's driving and they're just going to like just drive in oncoming traffic yeah. or something because they're yeah. like, wow, that was incredible. <laughs> yeah. What Grant just I said. I think we need like a 10-minute ASMR segment in the middle here. Mm. Have you ever seen any of those <laughs> ASMR videos? I have not women? actually ever experienced any ASMR stuff at so, all. A friend of mine showed me some of the videos, and it is some weird shit, dude. These, so there's these young women, young women, they're like 25, they're on YouTube. They whisper a lot. They whisper and they make little sounds. They make little sounds with like their fingernails against like the microphone and like against like soft balls and things like that. Really strange. And mostly that's what they're doing. And then they play a little bit of very light music and that's, it's a half an hour of that. It's and some they sort get of, like 50,000 views, 100,000 views. It's supposed to be like therapeutic in some way. I think so, for some people it's supposed to help you sleep. For other people, yeah, maybe it's like a calming thing. I think for other people, like it hits you in some deep place, like those kinds of sounds. I don't know, man. Yeah. It's a little outside my realm. Well, let's go inside your realm with okay. fantasy check-in. Fantasy check-in. All right, let's start with Le'Veon Bell. That he, there is word that he's coming back on the week seven bye. Yeah, so he would be playing his first week, week eight. Yep. Um, so speculation is that he's going to play for the Steelers. James Conner has been not so good. He's been all right. For the past couple games. Yeah. Um, although, obviously, there is a lot of bad blood between Le'Veon and the Steelers organization. Humongous bad blood, I would say. It's possible that the Steelers made him some deal if he comes back, that they they feel like if he makes this announcement, they could get more for him in a trade, and they'll trade him to like maybe more of a preferred destination or something. Well, the trade deadline is week is the end of week eight, I think. Yeah, so, okay. Um, so that means, yeah, him coming back now is sort of like an announcement. I, I'm seeing it as an announcement to other teams in the NFL. Like, I'm available, and like... I'll be back. You'll be able to see that I'm back. You know what I mean? Like I'll be in shape and stuff by the time you trade for me, kind of a thing. Whether that's true or not, who knows? But so I'm sort of hoping that both as a James Conner owner, because I own him in two leagues, um, but also because like it sets up a really weird fantasy spot. Otherwise, like are this? Let's say let's say he comes back and just plays for the Steelers. Are they just going to ignore James Conner now and give Levy on the ball? Does he want the ball that much? His whole thing is he doesn't want that many carries, right? Well, if to he doesn't himself. come back until week eight, he won't get that many carries for well, the season. I mean, he got he had over 400 touches last year. Yeah, right? I'm saying he's not going to sniff that if he plays, you know, 
just over 50% of the games. No, he isn't, but they could they could load him up with the ball every game. They they're like, we're not going to have this guy next year, and we know it, and he's really talented. Let's just hand him the ball every single time, right? Like, let's protect James Conner since he's our asset and not protect the guy who isn't our asset, right? I mean, if you're Le'Veon, isn't the move to come back and then fake an injury anyway? Like, ah, oh, my hamstring. <laughs> isn't that the move? I suppose that could be one of the moves. Like an injury that, like, so you play like three games and then you say you got hurt a little bit and then you come back for like the last game or two of the season. So everyone can see you're completely healthy. But the injury could hurt your value still. Everyone, you you have to show everyone you're healthy. That's why you come back at the end of the season. Yeah. But if you come back and look amazing, everyone's like, oh, okay. It's a bit of a tightrope walk to try to pull that one off. This whole thing is a tightrope walk, man. I mean. All right. So because this is the fantasy football segment, let's talk about trades. Because okay. now with this news, where does Le'Veon fit in the in the running back rankings, essentially? Like, uh, if you had this guy, would you right. trade him for Le'Veon Bell right now? That's a great question. Okay. Um, let's just do it. Let's start with running backs. Like, just yeah. comparing other running backs, because that feels like a useful way to think of it anyway. Dalvin right? Cook. Um, it's close. I think you have to keep Le'Veon right now, with Dalvin still being a little banged up and stuff. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I think you have to go with Le'Veon. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. I want McCaffrey. Yeah, he's healthy. He's playing. For he just the had his bye week, too. That's pretty weeks. sweet. Yeah. Jordan Howard. We're going to talk about him later, by the way. Are we? Yeah. Okay, if you say so. Um, <laughs> uh, I want Le'Veon over Jordan Howard for sure. How about you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it just feels like you have to have to do that now, right? Joe Mixon, same answer as... Uh, What's his name that I said first? Dalvin Cook, I, I suppose. Uh, Joe Mixon is a little different. He's a little hurt, too. But, man, he was getting all the work and looked so good. I guess yeah. Dalvin Cook looked great last year, too. But he's coming off an ACL, at least. Yeah. Uh, if I I guess if I thought Joe Mixon was healthy, I would want him over Le'Veon right now. But they say G- Giovanni is probably going to play again this week, right? So I guess you have to hold on to Le'Veon. It's close. It's real close. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's close. Here's the fun one. Oh, good. James Conner. I mean, Le'Veon. Yeah. It's close. It's not close, yeah. right? Like, Conner, Conner's had one great game, two okay games, and one bad game. Le'Veon is always, like, the best player in, in fantasy football when he's playing, pretty much, right? Yeah. Pretty much. Like, if not the best, the top three, like, every year, always. Yeah, he's quite good. Him and Antonio Brown, they're on the same team somehow. They're the both the two best players in fantasy football every year. It's David a- Johnson. I guess, oh... I guess I have to go with David Johnson. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough Super one. close. I think that's one where, like, if you are, like, a two-and-two two team, you got to keep David Johnson for the next couple of weeks so that you can mm. win. But if you're 4-0, oh, maybe you do you the, roll the dice. Yeah, you do the switch. That's interesting. You, like, you can afford to lose. You can be 4-2 and two and get Le'Veon back or yeah. something like that, 4-3 and three even, and get Le'Veon back and then roll the playoffs and crush in the playoffs. That's actually a cool idea. I like that if you're 4-0. Oh. Yeah. Consider making the deal. I think if you're the Le'Veon owner and you're not, I don't have a great record, you got to be very happy to get David Johnson. Yeah. That's cool. I like that. Smart. Very smart. Super smart. Super smart. Yeah. Okay. Did you have any other fantasy ones you want to talk about right away? I just want to. Oh, no. Go ahead. All right. Um, Fitzmagic is no more. RIP, bro. Yeah. So how do we feel about the Tampa Bay passing game and Jameis Winston for fantasy purposes? I think we should feel really good about it, okay. even though they were horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like last year was a really bad year for Mike Evans, for example. Last year was not a great year for Evans. I mean, it was okay, but it wasn't great. Uh, Jameis struggled last year also, and this last game when Jameis played, he was bad. The team was bad. They were bad when Fitzmagic played too. 
The Bears' defense is very good, Yeah, to be fair. They may be the best defense in the league, right? It's possible. I think the... Well, I would have said the Rams, but then the Vikings did yeah, quite well really against say the Rams. Them. Yeah. Anyway, but the Bears are up there anyway. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of talk that one of the reasons why people thought Fitzpatrick was so good is because the new offensive coordinator apparently had all this new cool schemes, and a lot of people in the organization really believed that the scheme was making Fitzpatrick look better than he was, along with their wide receiver talent. And that um, Jameis would be just as good, if not better, in the same in the system. And so, if that's true at all, even if there's, if that's partially true, that means they've got a great chance to be pretty darn good this year. That's true, um, yeah. from an offensive point of view. I like. I'm bullish on guys like Mike Evans for the rest of the season, even though, even though Fitzpatrick isn't going to be playing. Even though historically Evans has done better with Fitzpatrick throwing than Jameis. I mean, historically, you mean the last three games? No, I mean also in previous years when, when Fitzpatrick Fitz- wasn't on the team last year, was he? Yeah, he, he was. was. Really? Yeah, he's the backup for maybe this is his third year as the backup. No. Third year? It's at least his second. He was on the team last year for okay, sure. Okay, that's possible. But I think three years ago he was starting for the Jets. Wasn't last he? year, Hard Knocks was Tampa Bay and he was part of Hard Knocks. He was? Yeah. Okay. So it might just be the second time, okay. the second year. But he okay. had he had to he fill in for he had to phone for Jameis a couple times, and those games, all of Mike Evans' advanced stats were way better. Interesting. Um, I'm still deciding to believe in Jameis' talent, the talent of Mr. Winston. Okay, that's reasonable. I mean, he's definitely a, more of a blue chip type quarterback exactly. than, than Fitzpatrick. So I'm just going with that, and I got nothing else. I'm just hanging my hat on pedigree over here. Yep. Because there's nothing else to go with. Also, he's he's a good leader of men. You know, I saw that hard knocks. He he was. He really was. Yeah. You know, he does horrible things, but you put him in a locker room, he, people are going to listen to him. Yeah, I mean, like Napoleon, he probably did some fucked up stuff. Why do you have to go pick it on Napoleon? Every time with you and Napoleon. Because he's a Mormon. Oh, there it is. <laughs> there it is. And you claim to have no issues with Mormons. <laughs> yeah, I knew it. Yeah, I knew it. Obviously, Napoleon, not a Mormon. You just wait long enough and uh, what was that? No, not a Mormon, very short Catholic. Probably. <laughs> Very, apparently, he wasn't that short, by the way. Apparently, that's just uh, that's just a myth. Really? Yeah. So he's not like George Stephanopoulos? Is George Stephanopoulos short? I think so. <laughs> Daniel Ground is short-ish. Okay. Why do you got to pick on short people anyway? Leave them alone. All right. Anyway, let's talk about some passing games that went nuts and, okay. and see how we feel about those. Cool. The Bears and the Rams. Yeah. I mean, Can you trust wow. the Bears passing game? No. No, I don't think so. Absolutely either. not. <laughs> Trubisky did this once. As I said, one was a shovel pass. One was a deep pass to Trey Burton where he was as open as you could ever be. I mean, it's, it's cool that Trubisky read it right and made the toss, but like it was like a free touchdown. Um, I think there was another one he had too, which was really wide open. And then the other three though, I mean, it's still three more touchdown passes yeah. he made, but now that goes back to more of a normal, pretty good game instead of like an outrageous game, you know? Is Taylor Gabriel a startable fantasy asset? No. Come you don't on. think so? Why not? If Trubisky has to be the real deal for Taylor Gabriel to be a startable You put Trubisky fantasy. in your top five? For the next five years, not for tomorrow. That includes this year. Yeah, it does. It's only 20%. Not even 20% of that, though, isn't it? Yes. I think a lot of people are probably going to be in spots where they have to start players like Taylor Gabriel. Well, know, because of the buys and yeah. stuff, yeah. I mean, if forced to, okay, but, you know. He's a rosterable player at the very least. <laughs> Like At least for the next few weeks. To see what happens. You yeah, know? you got, you got, I mean, if, if he's available and you've got some really bad players on your team, cut them and pick up Gabriel to see, just in case Trubisky is the real deal. Yeah. But I'd be more interested in seeing if there are any Rams to pick up. Although I don't know how you're supposed to, no, all the, the Rams aren't available all the, anyway. The used Rams are owned. Yeah, you're right. That's, that's, that's a weird sentence outside of fantasy football. <laughs> 
all, <laughs> all of the used rams are owned. Yeah. Welcome to my dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> you can't buy any of these. You can only rent them. They're owned. Uh, <laughs> and they're, and they're a little, they're a little warm. <laughs> They've been loved. They've already been loved. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I just mean, you know, the way a house has been loved. Not like, I'm not saying where you were buying the Rams for sex. I'm not saying that. Oh, okay, cool. Anyway. <laughs> So, so we, you were saying that, right? You kind of have to start um, Cooks and Cup and Woods if you have them, like any week. You kind of have to start them. At least for the foreseeable future. Yeah. I mean, Cooks, you're starting anyway. Um, Cup was like, a, you were probably forced to if you had him on your team, but you didn't love it, and now you love it. Woods, people were starting Yeah, anyway, yeah. Too. So you just start all three of them for a while. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Julian Edelman's coming back. Yeah. You don't care? No. That's not a fantasy relevant no, thing? No, it is. Yeah, it is. Especially because Gronk is hurt. And Gronk Josh is, Gordon got two targets. Gronk is apparently fine. Like, he's going to play. He didn't practice today, and it's two days before Thursday. It's the Patriots, so they do shit like this all the time. I mean, I hope you're right, but I'm not sure he's playing. They're playing the Colts. Uh, I would expect Edelman to have a pretty good game and get a, get a lot of targets for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, you're going you're gonna to have to start him right away, but it's a little scary. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a little bit scary, but who else is Brady going to throw to? Gordon got two targets. There's nobody else on the team, really. I mean, I think Gordon Hogan? is still getting getting figured into the mix. Like I, I yeah. imagine Gordon's role will expand as we go. I do too. But even when, when Edelman was on the team, even when other people were getting looks, he's just the slot guy. He gets him the, Brady throws a million passes to the slot guy. That's Welker and Edelman. Yeah. But it Gordon in, in all of the best outcomes is the Randy Moss in this offense. Sure. But you, you don't mind having the Welker in the offense. If, if no. there's a Randy Moss in the offense, that's yeah. great. You're I, like I thrilled to start what the old West 2009 West Welker, right? Yeah. That's all 2007, I guess, but whatever. Yeah. 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 I agree. Cool. Um, I got it. One more thing to talk about. Go in fantasy sports, fantasy football, the running back busts who were like pretty highly touted this year. Kenyon Drake, Kenyon Drake and uh, Jordan Howard. I mean, Kenyon Drake by a lot more than, than Jordan Howard is not a complete bust. Yeah, Jordan Howard, you still kind of have to start, which kind of sucks because you can bench Kenyon Drake. Oh, yeah. Kenyon Drake went, I think, three rushes for three yards and, and one target for zero catches, I think, last weekend. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. What did, uh, what did your boy do, Jordan Howard? Jordan Howard, he had like 34 yards on right. not much in a game where the Bears had 48 points. Yeah, and they were blowing him out, so you'd expect Howard to get a lot of Yeah, that seems like the game script where Howard gets like 28 carries for 140 yards like it's a lot true. of the time. What know? happened in the second half? Was he hurt? Like, uh, No, they just they just didn't give him the ball. Yeah, they just kept... Tariq Cohen got the ball. They just kept running spread offense. I will say um, Howard's proven himself to be a good enough running back, and this team is offense is getting better, not worse. I, I mean, I think Howard is, if anything, a buy-low candidate. So you're not you're not panicking on him yet? If not you at all. Have him. As opposed to Kenyon Drake, who I do have in one spot, which I'm completely panicking on, yeah. and will be benching for the foreseeable future. Yeah, like, Kenyon Drake is a he might be the biggest bust outside of injury this year, right? Um, off the top of my head, he is the biggest bust. Like, wow, that guy sucks. <laughs> yeah, Frank Gore gets more touches and is more effective somehow than Kenyon frickin' Drake. It's really two, weird. By the way, Miami was three and zero coming into this game. Yeah. I mean, he should be getting a lot of carries. He should. Two two players that were being talked about in preseason in kind of like uh, in concert as similar players were Kenyon Drake and Alex Collins. Cause they both yeah. came on really strong at the end of the year last year and had all these great advanced metrics mm-hmm. for those final seven or eight games. And they've both been very disappointing, but especially Drake. I mean, Collins has been way more productive. Yeah. He at least he scored some scored touchdowns, like a touchdown every game, almost just yeah. not much else. And he gets some, he gets some carries. He gets, you know, double digit carries every game, at least compared to fricking Drake. Who's just a disaster. I'm going to have to change the name of one of my fantasy teams. Drake's and Drake's part of the name right now. And I can't, Oh, you can't. That's bad. That's really bad juju. Yeah. Juju Smith-Schuster. 
Maybe you should like, change the name to that. Oh, Bad Juju Smith Schuster. I'm yeah. gonna. I don't have Juju, but I'm gonna do it anyway. That's great. I love it. Okay, fantastic. Speaking of the opposite of a bust, by the way, Juju Smith Schuster. Yeah, having a good year. Hey, one other quick fantasy thing to talk about. Mark Ingram comes back this week. True, he does. Uh, Alvin Kamara has been the best fantasy running back in the last 68 years through the first four weeks of the season. That's pretty good. Yes. Probably of all time, but I think the records only go back to 1950. Um, no one's ever put up this many points in the first four weeks. He's had one game where he didn't score like in the 30s, and it was like a 15-point game, which yeah, is perfectly in, fine. Uh, perfectly half, good. In half PPR, he's had 39 points twice, 27 points once, and like 15 or 16 points once. That's pretty good. It's unbelievable. I mean, he had he had forty some odd points uh, this weekend. I think in, in PPR, half PPR. Was, oh, was it PPR? Half PPR is like thirty nine. Okay. Apparently, Grant's really on top of that. I have Alvin Kamara in so half PPR league. So do I. So, so, do I. so I'm aware. Um, okay, so Mark Ingram last year, they were both RB ones last year, which is crazy. Crazy. Is it crazy to think that they could both be RB ones again this year? Rest of the season, obviously, Kamara's going to end up being an RB one unless he gets hurt. Yeah. at this point, because his points are too much. But rest of the season, can they both be RB ones? Rest of season, I think Kamara's pretty locked in as an RB one barring injury. The question is Ingram. Yeah, well, can Ingram really get the same amount of carries like load wise that he got last year? It seems unlikely, right? It does especially because Kamara continues to prove himself. Yeah, and on inside running plays, he just like he doesn't have the big body that Ingram has, but he just looks like. He, he reminds me a bit of Le'Veon where he just kind of like knows how to wait for the hole. And mm. like, he, he looks so smooth. Like he just avoids tackles with such ease. So what do you put Ingram rest of season then, if not an RB1? Would you trade Jordan Howard for Mark Ingram? I, oh, it's really close. I, my instinct is to say no. I would keep Jordan Howard because he's more likely to be to have like a starring role down. And, and Ingram, the only way he ever gets a starring role is if Kamara gets well, hurt, right? Howard does have his far lesser version of yes. Kamara with Tariq Cohen. Right, but as you said, far lesser version. Yeah. So that's pretty good. Um, I don't know. It's, really, it's a really tough decision. Um, I think I would go with Jordan Howard. How about you? I think I would make the trade. Hmm. I'm not sure, though. That's not. about right. I mean, I think you have to obviously take Christian McCaffrey over. Yeah. Him, like, easily and comfortably. Dalvin Cook? Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon are interesting ones. I would, if they were healthy, they're an easy yes yeah. over Ingram. I think they're probably a yes anyway because they're going to have all the work when they come back. And that yeah. just matters. You know, opportunity matters. Yeah. Kamara's going to probably take more of the workload than he took last year would be my best guess. It seems like it. So, like, probably whatever the workload was last year, and I think Kamara got a little bit more of it anyway last year, just a little bit. It's maybe once like he, 55, once he started, 45. Once he started playing more. Yeah, yeah. So it's like 55, 45 in the last like six weeks of the season. I would guess it's going to be closer to like closer to 65, 35 or 60, 40. Like it just shift a bit more towards Kamara is my guess. And so that means it's going to hurt Kamara's numbers a little bit, but it's going to hurt Ingram too. Ingram's going to have to be very effective for them. Here's not to, uh, another thing that is not in favor of Ingram. Hmm. Last year, the Saints defense was great. One of the best in the league. Yeah. And that game script when they get way up and they don't need points, that favors Ingram because they like to run in between the tackles a lot more. This season, they're in shootouts all the time because their defense is terrible. Yeah. They're going to be running a lot more spread offense, a lot more sets where they want the pass-catching running back in, which Ingram, Ingram can do, yeah. but Kamara is better. Kamara is better, but Ingram really can do it and will get some, get some playing time there too, yeah. for sure. But I think game scripts will favor Kamara for the rest yeah. of the year. I agree. I think you're probably right. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch and see. I, I own Ingram in only one league, but uh, I'm glad to have him back and... I already got some ridiculous trade offers for him where people are just... Someone offered me Carson Wentz for Mark Ingram just now. And it's like... In a one-quarterback league? Yes. Are in a two-quarterback league, you should take it. 
in a one quarterback league, I spit on it. I think I just wrote back something like, um, like I don't even understand. I think it was my only comment, and just when I rejected the trade. Man, it was so genuinely dismissive when you just said I spit on it. Yeah, in a one quarterback league, I spit on it. Yeah, it's like so. I've been working it on was, that. It wasn't even. It wasn't even like falsely over the top dismissive. It yeah. was like Legit. you're actually feeling the yeah, dismissive yeah. nature of the comment. Oh, I really. I was really like. I think people are. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> I think people are. I hate them. Good sentence. Thank you. Um, all right, we done with that. We're done. Let's move on to the NBA then. Let's do it. All right, we're finally on the Eastern Conference. We're gonna get to where some... all the teams are terrible. That is not it's true not anymore. True. The Boston Celtics are really bad, but everybody else is pretty good. You know, this kind of trolling doesn't <laughs> doesn't help anybody. If it, it helped me, if I feel good. And just to get just to give people a sense of what's coming up on this show, so we still have our NBA over unders. We still have our fixer segment, and of course, we have our best bets segment. We're going to go over because bets is a sports betting podcast. Try and convince each other to make some bets as well as talk about Survivor Pool. All right. Let's go. NBA Do all that Cent- still, apparently. NBA Central Division. Here we go. Jabari Parker. That's We're going to talk about Chicago first. Okay. All right. So Chicago is seem to be on the up, at least from what they have been. Okay. Sure. Their line is 30. 30 wins out oh. of the 82-game season. That's an attractive number. Mm, yeah. It's a nice round mm. with the zero. And the three has got, like got a little points if you want to get a little nutty. <laughs> I'm staying away from all of that. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's talk about their roster. Chris Dunn is their starting point guard still, right? Who was surprisingly a lot better than expected last year. However, advanced, advanced metrics hated him even last year when he was doing better. Um, he did not grade out in like in any of the good, in the, any advanced metrics in any kind of good way. I will say that. So like he's still seen by like the league intelligentsia as a below average starting point guard. Okay. Just FYI. Um, so something with this line of 30 is, the Bulls have claimed this year that they're just going to try to win as much as they can, mm. which I don't know if they can really hold to that if they're not going to make the playoffs. Like, it's just right. dumb to do that. It, but it is dumb. But if they, but last year they were in tank mode. They were like finding ways to hold Robin Lopez out of games and stuff. Yeah, you know? that's right. So if they don't do that, it it should affect this quite a bit. Um, speaking of Robin Lopez, he's a probably like right above average starting center to have. I don't know if he's still even that. He might be below average at this point. I don't know if that's... He's I mean, fine. He's pretty good. He's a good rebounder. Robin Lopez or Marcin Gortat? I think Lopez. I think Gortat. Well, you're dumb. They both suck. Um, <laughs> more, more importantly, the new parts of the team are yeah. the unknowns, and that's going to be really the X factors as far as like how good this team can be. Wendell Carter Jr., who they drafted and looked good in Summer League. People are pretty high on him. Lots of guys look good in Summer League, but go on. Yep. Um, God, they still have Cristiano Felicio. That's unfortunate. Uh, Jabari Parker. That's a huge X factor. They paid. Isn't it like a two-year, forty million dollar deal for it Jabari? It is twenty million Parker? a year. Wow. Also nineteen and a half million a year for Levine. I think those are their two biggest X factors: Parker and mm. Levine. I mean, Levine has actually been pretty good in the league. He's right. been okay. He's been a defensive monstrosity in a very bad way. Okay, fair enough. I mean, Jabari Parker's horrible on defense too, though. Just yeah, to be fair, no, this is the thing. The, the these guys, these guys can't play defense for no. shit. Except they can Chris score. Dunn. Chris Dunn can play defense. Okay. But and Robin Lopez can play defense, but Jabari Parker and Zach Levine, if they're on the floor at the same time, how are you going to defend anybody? They're going to be on the floor at the same time. Yeah. Because so, who else are you going to put out there? So you have to stagger their minutes, I would guess. To some degree. Yeah. But they also the have games. Another important factor is Laurie Markkinen, yeah. who's going to be in his sophomore year here. And he was very good as a rookie for a rookie. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he takes a big step, that could be a huge in favor of the over. Absolutely. I yeah. mean, he could have a Porzingis like leap. This year, right? Where he could... Oh, he could. Become a much better scorer. 
and rebound better and block some more shots. He could do all that kind of stuff. They don't really have any other notable players. They have Bobby Portis. Eesh. Chandler That's, Hutchinson they also drafted, but who knows? I've never heard of him. He's uh, out of Boise State and he had a good summer league. Is but he like on milk, milk cartons? He's on milk. <laughs> That's the thing you say now. So Is that like on fleek? It's the new on fleek? I hope so. It is now. What's it, up? That, right now. Yo, that new track is on milk. <laughs> I'm sticking with it. <laughs> I like it. All right. So with that core of players, it's a very volatile core, which makes it tough to predict. You what know do you I mean, mean volatile? Like, I feel like there's a, a wide range of outcomes. Okay. I mean, marketing is at least has a floor now, right? Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. I mean, I mean like, I feel like Jabari Parker and Zach Levine have a huge range of yeah, they do. floor to ceiling. They do. because Well, because they're coming off injuries and stuff, right? Coming off injuries and they're both like... They both also kind of suck. Yeah. They both kind of <laughs> suck, but <laughs> also could be good, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, so there's that. And then there's... Uh, I guess Chris Dunn also has a, a pretty big range of outcomes, yeah, right? He does. Um I'm pretty down on most of these players, except for Markkinen. Okay. Everyone else kind of blows to one degree or another. No one you really want to build a team around. Maybe Dunn could end up proving otherwise, but I don't think he really has done too much of that yet. Still, 30 wins is not very much in a fairly weak Eastern Conference. You mean a very weak Eastern Conference? I'm going to say with fairly weak okay. Eastern Conference, because the Celtics are in it. So that means something's good. Yeah, sure. Also, Kawhi's in on the Eastern Conference now. Yeah, bro. there's like three good teams. The, the Eastern Conference is basically on milk these days. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. They got strong bones. Okay. <laughs> so what do you like? Over or under 30? Uh, if they're telling the truth about not tanking, I like the over. Me too. If they're if they're lying about not tanking, then I don't like the over anymore. And I, I feel like they're lying. I feel like they are too. But I'll take the over anyway. I'll take the over as well. I think their upside is there, and it's a weak yeah. conference. Yeah, marketing could take a major step forward. He could. So that's good. And, yep. like, the Pistons suck. There's that. Anyway, let's continue. Uh, all right, let's talk about a different team that also sucks. The Cleveland Cavaliers. Ooh. Lost one of the greatest players of all time, if not the greatest player of all time. Yep. Tristan Thompson made a whole stink about when people were asking... Uh, about the Celtics and the Raptors and the 76ers sort of taking over. And he said, we're the defending four-time Eastern Conference champions. They have to come through us, and they all know it. They all know it. And like, well, that guy's a fucking idiot. That was ridiculous. Um, All right, so some of their notable players make me want to barf, such as Jordan Clarkson. Not notable. (laughs) Uh, They have Kyle Korver. Not notable anymore. They have Larry Nance Jr. Keep talking. Kevin Love. There you go. We hit one. Kevin Love is notable. Anybody else? There's no one else, right? Colin Sexton, they drafted. No, doesn't. Not yet. Maybe he will be, but come on. J.R. Smith. Forget it. Tristan Thompson. This is a disaster. I'm trying to look at this list a little closer to make sure I'm not missing anything serious here. Rodney Hood. Trash George Hill. Fires. David Nawaba. Never heard of him. He was on the Bulls last year. Okay. Uh, Ante Zizic. I mean. I mean, people were excited about Zizic a year and a half ago, but. He didn't do anything last year at all. C.D. Osman, people kept yeah, saying yeah. Like, they should play him more. There's actually talk that C.D. Osman may have a, a good year this year because no one's going to be in front of him and they're going to suck, and so he's going to shoot a lot. This team is going to be horrible. What's the, is the over-under like 23 and a half it's or something? 30 and a half. What? Yeah, 30.5. I don't understand. Let's take the under. Okay, there must be something going on here. Why? Is it because there's talk about... Oh, um, I see what trip? it is. What is it? They have Sam Decker. Oh, that, I almost thought you were being sincere. <laughs> Sam Decker was a first-round pick of the Houston Rockets. I remember. Yep. Um, so 
is it because there's talk about Cleveland maybe making a trade for one of these uh, star players who's like demanding trades, i.e. Jimmy Butler or something like that? There was like there's a point when that was in the wind. How could they ever be at 30 wins? This feels like the easiest under ever. The Bulls team sounded a lot better than this. Do team. the Cavs not have their own first round pick? So that way they'd have no incentive to tank or something like that. If they have their own first round pick, maybe we're not giving Kevin Love enough credit. No, when he was on the Minnesota Timberwolves and he was the best player by a lot, they were terrible anyway. They were terrible, but they were like fringe playoff contenders, weren't they? Not most years. No? Okay. Not most years. And he's not as good as he used to be. You don't know that. I'm declaring it. He's older. He's coming off some injuries. He's unlikely to be as good as he used to be. And the rest of the team is bad. So bad. Also, they may trade Kevin Love halfway through the year. What do we know? He did just sign a five-year deal, but they might trade him. I like the under. I love the under. This is an attractive under. 30 wins? 30.5. Oh, we win at 30. Oh, my God. Give me the under. I hope we can get that one booked. Let's continue. <laughs> okay. That may be your best bet. Uh, looks like uh, our, our stats guy would like to book that with you. All right. Well, we'll see. We're not, yeah. we're, we're nowhere, we're not there yet, but we'll see. That's a possibility. Continue. All right. Stats guy, a lot smarter than us, by the way. All right. So um, <laughs> the next one is the Detroit Pistons. Ah, the Pistons of Detroit. The Pistons of Detroit. Their, their number is 38. Who's coaching that team now? Oh, it's, uh, it's the oh, guy yeah, from... Dwayne uh, Casey. Yeah. Yeah. So Good he, luck with that, he was fired. <laughs> he was fired by the Raptors after winning the Eastern Conference. But what are the Pistons doing? Um, what is the plan here? I'll tell you what the plan is. All right. Blake Griffin. Yeah. Blake Griffin. Reggie, and Reggie Jackson. And Andre Drummond, like, figure it out all at the yeah. same time. I mean, Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond, if somehow they make it work together, could could be really great together. Blake Griffin doesn't have the athleticism that he used to have, though. No, it doesn't seem that he does. He's, he's, the, only, I mean, he's still good. He's only 29. It feels like he should have some athleticism left yeah, in him. Yeah, well, he's out of his prime already for him. Like, he, he's, like he had an early prime or something because it doesn't look like he's going to regain that lost glory. He still can be like the 40th best player in the league or something. Oh, he can be better than that. But like, he can't be a top 10 player, which for a little while it looked like he was going to be, you know, it doesn't seem that way, but you know, he could have a bounce back. I'm betting against it. Okay. Against him. Well, you're going to like the under then because is it high? It's 38. I said, Oh, 38. Yeah. I do kind of like that. They also have Stanley Johnson. He's good at defense. Yeah, that's it. He sucks at shooting. Glenn Robinson, the third people think he, he's all right. His dad was really good at shooting. <laughs> I already mentioned Reggie Jackson, who's kind of like a kind point, of, the point guard you always forget about. Kind of the point guard you don't actually like. You have to pay a lot of money to, and you don't really like on your team. You know, he's that guy. Yeah, there's not. He's like he's like the poor man's Russell Westbrook in that way. He's like sort of destroys everything, but you kind of have to keep him because he is talented, and you have to pay him a lot of money and let him destroy things. They got Zaza Pachulia. Zaza. I remember the dance Zaza did when Steph Curry took the three. Zaza was already dancing before it yeah. went in. That was amazing. Yeah. Love that guy. All right. So what about what do you think about this team? I mean, I feel forced to take the under here. I want the over. Well, how come? I think the Griffin-Drummond combo has a, a bunch of upside. Drummond did improve last year. I yeah. will say that. He did get significantly better. So, And Drummond's still relatively young, right? He's, He's probably like 25 or 25. something. 25. Yeah, that's like he could absolutely still take major steps forward. And if Griffin can just like reclaim some yeah. of his abilities, like those are two really good passing big men. Then. That's fair. In, and also... I think at his peak, Griffin was at least a plus defender. He was, he's been really bad recently at defense. I mean, remember that point in the playoffs when Chris Paul got hurt and Griffin was forced to basically play point forward? Yeah. This is like a number of years ago. I think they were playing the Rockets, and he just looked like a top five player in the league for yeah. the entire rest of the series. It was unbelievable. I like the over because of the potential of those two guys. Yeah. 
I hear you. It's not crazy. I just don't think it's going to work out. I'm taking the under. Okay. Let's move on to a better team. Okay. The Milwaukee Bucks? Nope. Oh, the Indiana Pacers. Indiana Pacers. The Pacers from Indianapolis. Yeah, they were maybe the surprise of last year. Really? Would you say? I hadn't thought about it, so I'm gonna just not not throw my. Hat I mean, in the they ring they on went that. into. I think their their number last year was something like 28. No, come no, on. No, they were. Cons- they everybody thought they were gonna be horrible. You I know, Oladipo only broke out last year. Oh yeah, Oladipo got so good. People thought that he was just like a trash heap part of a deal. To well, like, I mean, people thought he was an average shooting guard. Like, yeah, an well, average. He was, he was like a unmemorable part of a deal. Yeah, like it was a salary dump. Yeah, and instead he turned out to be. He's like a top 20 player in the league now. It's incredible how, how quickly that happened. I guess he may have been good the year before, too. He was just on Russell Westbrook's team, so we can't know, right? That may, I, I like this team, I got to say, man. Who else like, is on this team besides him and Miles Turner? Uh, Thaddeus Young, who's just a, a... He's perfectly fine. He's a very good guy to have around. Um, sure. They you got, can trust Thaddeus, you know, if you need some money. They picked up Tyreek, Tyreek Evans. Okay, sure. So he, he had a really good year last year yeah. before he got hurt. He's, he's pretty good. Uh, Darren Collison, who sucks. was the best three-point shooter in the league last year. That sucks. Was he really? I think he was, yeah. Wow. Uh, Doug McDermott, just floor Jeez. spacer. Kylo Quinn. Yeah. DeMontis Sabonis. Yes. That's He's an exciting right player. Yeah. I mean, exciting? Yeah. Is, is the game Monopoly exciting? Because <laughs> that's what we're talking about. Uh, uh, and one of the Bogdanoviches. <laughs> we'll never know which one. No, they're interchangeable. They but, probably just play for the other team sometimes. But, but the truth is, yeah, um, Oladipo and Miles Turner alone are enough potential star power. If those guys could both take st- another step forward, they're young enough to do it. If they do that, the Pacers are going to be pretty darn good. I think you're underestimating Tyreek Evans okay. as well. Tyreek Evans was good last year. You're right. Yeah. And Sabonis. I mean, I am definitely underestimating him because come on. <laughs> okay. Like Sabonis is going to score like 12 points and get seven rebounds a game, right? That's I mean, he, 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 could, he has upside to do better than that. What's he's his only, upside? What's his ceiling? First of all, he's 22 years old. Uh-huh. I think his ceiling is like, uh, I don't know, it's tough with him and Turner. Yep. But I think he could do like 15 and 9 and, and reasonable assist numbers. What's reasonable? Three? Yeah. I guess. I guess he could hit that, you know, once in a while. All right. Well, that's the, the number is 46. Yeah, that's a pretty good number. Um... Oh, they also have uh, Corey Joseph as their backup point guard. Oh, he's a a good backup point guard. Really good backup point guard. I guess I like the over, but I think it's really close. What do you think? I like the over. They're probably going to win 48 games a lot. If if Oladipo or Turner gets hurt, they just can't get there, though. Uh, Turner was hurt a lot of last year, and they made the playoffs. Huh. Really? Yeah. It was easy to make the playoffs, though, in the East compared to the West. But I think Turner played in that series when they took the Cavs to seven. I think he did, too. Yeah. I guess I guess the over under is always true. If you lose one of your stars, your your team's yeah. always going to be screwed for the over under. Um, I like the over barely. I guess I don't know. It's close. Turner's only twenty two. Also, by the way. That's pretty, yeah. That's well, how old is Depot? Is he like 25, 26. 26. So he could still have another year of growth. Yeah, he's probably in his prime, but he could hit one more he major. He can continue to grow even yeah. 27, 28, 29. Yeah, I guess that's that happens. LeBron got better. Yeah. Last year, Lillard got better last year. Did he? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I like the over. You like the over? I guess. I'm close. It's close. All right. Now the other good team in the division, Milwaukee. Your favorite. Uh, I mean, I think they're always an interesting trade destination because they have a guy who could be the best player in the league for the next five years. Did you say a trade destination? Is that yeah. What you said? Yeah. Okay. Like when people talk about trading players, I'm always uh, interested in like trying to find a way to get them to Milwaukee. Apparently the Timberwolves offered Jimmy Butler straight up for Chris Middleton and the Bucks turned him down. 
What? Apparently. Apparently. What? Why the fuck I would they do that? that? I don't know if it's actually true, but I saw it yesterday. That's ridiculous. I mean, they must believe Jimmy Butler will not stay in Milwaukee, and they want to have the rest of Chris Middleton's career. Okay, that's, one that makes sense. Butler. I wasn't thinking about that. But still, like, Butler and Giannis on the same team, that would be fun. They'd be, they'd be pretty darn good. Yeah. For, especially Giannis, who could take a massive step forward and be the best player in yeah, the league next Giannis, year. Giannis, who feels like he's been in the league for 12 years, is only 23 years old. It's impossible. He's got a lot of room left to grow still. That kid absolutely could be the MVP this season. He could be the MVP. Absolutely. He could be the MVP three out of the next five seasons. Yeah. It's Him pop- and Anthony Davis, so they're the two most likely guys, right? Ben be Simmons, a- maybe? I mean, Ben Simmons is way behind those two, in my mind. Way behind those yeah. two. Simmons, I mean, Simmons has absolutely a chance to do it, but and there aren't that many guys who do, but those guys are pretty much fully... Those guys are already what... I mean, D- Davis is a top five player, right? Top six, for sure, and probably yeah. top five. And Giannis is like a top eight player. I mean... Simmons is like a top 15 player, right? I mean, yeah. it's, different. it's different. You could argue that Giannis is top five. You could. Yeah. You could. I so mean, this team is all about him, basically. Yeah. Like, who cares who else they have? They have some decent other pieces. I mean, they got Thon Maker. He's okay. He's okay. They got Brooke Lopez. We I mean, already mentioned Chris Milton. He's actually good. Chris Milton is actually good. Yeah. Uh, Brooke Lopez is, you know, a good offensive piece. He's fine. Piece. Yeah, yeah, he's fine. Uh, Brogdon's okay. Brogdon is okay. Yeah, they have John Henson, Ursan Ilyasova. Those guys. I mean, Ilyasova is awful. Awful. Eric Bledsoe, who if he was peak Eric Bledsoe, this team becomes really interesting. But Eric Bledsoe is, has no interest in even trying. Though. I know. But if, if you could take four years ago Eric Bledsoe and put it on this team, that would be pretty interesting. That is like the guy who Haralabob Volgaris hates the most in the entire NBA. Why? Bledsoe. I think because he watches him never try. Oh, really? Basically, yeah. Like, on defense especially. Just never does anything at all. Hey, and the he, guy, your boy Tyler Zeller. Sorry, I just noticed. Yeah, he sucks. <laughs> um, He's very, very bad. All right, so their number is the same 46? as Indiana. 46. I mean, I kind of like the under, but it's close. You just think they don't have enough beyond Giannis? I do. And I also think the top of the East has gotten stronger. Like, the Celtics are way better than they were last year. The Sixers are way better than that, last year. That should affect your Indiana thought as well. I know. I know, but Indiana has more room to grow in my mind. Like, Giannis, Giannis could also... I mean, look, I can see the path to them hitting the over, right? Yeah. Giannis becomes a top three player, and bam, they hit the over. Giannis can all of a sudden shoot 38% from three. Yeah. That immediately gets them to the Middle, over. Middleton takes a major step forward. That could do it, too. I don't really see him doing it. No, though. I feel like Middleton's one of those guys who's like just very good, but he's not going to get any better. There's not too many other candidates of guys who could, who could really help them and take a big step forward. Maybe Thon Maker's the guy. But yeah. there's almost no one else, especially with Jabari Parker no longer there, as opposed to the Pacers where it feels like there's at least two or three guys that could be the case. I mean, yeah, maybe more. Like Turnus, Turner, Sabonis, Olad- yeah. Oladipo. I guess Tyreek Evans isn't going to get any better. But I mean, no, Sabonis could get 15 and 9. I mean, they're going to win the championship if he does that. 15 and 11, they win the championship. 15 and 9, it's like a seven-game series, and it's a toss-up. Between who? Them and who? Them and uh, the Portland Trailblazers. That would be an exciting series. It would be. It would be. Lillard right. would kill him. I think I like the over on this as well. That's fair. It's completely reasonable to like the over. All right, so to recap, we like the over on Chicago at 30, the under on Cleveland at 30 and a half, I like the over. You like the under on Detroit at 38. Yeah. We both like the over of Indiana. And what did you say on Milwaukee ultimately? I was not paying that much attention, I guess. I took the under, but okay. I, it was, I thought it was super close. I'm taking the over, and our stats guy thinks we're idiots on Cleveland. So keep that in mind. He's smarter than us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of true. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so that's that. I guess we have a secret section. Well, it's or? not secret anymore. I kind of gave the whole thing away, don't you think? Did yeah, I already should we do it? that before or after best bets? Oh, no, we're doing it right now, bro. Okay. We're doing it right freaking now. So there was a thing that happened. Oh, a thing. Uh, on March 7, 2010. Okay. Lakers Breaking fans. Breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> so back in the day, we used to do let the grant fix it, let the drunk fix it. And I would pose sports and sometimes non-sports problems to Grant. And his job would be to fix it in entertaining and comical ways. And we would sort of get there together. And sometimes it really came together and was amazing. Sometimes it was a bit of a, a garbage fire and everything in between. That was what made this segment exciting. We're bringing it back. All right. It's let the grant fix it. He didn't know until I mentioned it on this show. He has no idea what we're going to do. He never knows what we're doing for these segments, by the way. This is my favorite part of this show always. So even when it doesn't work, I love it. Yeah, sometimes so. it just doesn't work. It, Keep that in mind. This one is a little out there, so I'm not sure what's going to happen with it. But it, it's going to be fine. I'm not sure how creative I'm feeling right now. I got to... Just find it, man. You got any weed? <laughs> <laughs> on March 7, 2010, yeah. Lakers fans rejoiced <laughs> because... Ron Artest punched somebody. No, actually, um, Kobe Bryant was uh, guarding Matt Barnes, and Matt Barnes was taking the ball uh, out from out of bounds. It was just a normal regular season game. Of course, it was in March. And Matt Barnes was at, on the baseline, and Kobe was right up on, in his face. And Matt Barnes takes the ball, and it looks like he's going to throw the ball super hard right into Kobe's face, and Kobe didn't flinch. Kobe just sort of stands there dead-eyed and looked at him. You surely have seen this video at some point, I right? think that strikes a bell, but I, I feel like I'm creating a memory that isn't there. Okay. It's a pretty cool sh- video where it's just like Kobe looks completely unimpressed, and it looks like Barnes is going to, like, the ball's really going to hurt, and he just never even is completely unimpressed by it, right? And it's, it's a cool thing, right? And so it's been a thing that, like, it's been part of, like, the, the school of Kobe ever since. You know, like the story the, of Kobe. The, the Kobe is better than MJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, like, he's got ice in his veins. And look at this. This is, like, this is like one of the things that's, like, in his obituary. One of the earliest gifs in his obituary. Why you got to go to obituary? It's dark he, shit. When man. he dies, people are going to talk about this still. Or are they? Because new evidence has come out. And I'm not even kidding about this. There's new evidence where they show a different angle of this. So the angle that everyone's always seen, it looks like Barnes is literally going to throw the ball as hard as he can right into Kobe's face. And Kobe's is like two inches away. Oh, is this the uh, incident from March 7th, 2010? <laughs> it is. But there has, they have found other, other angles of this. And actually it's not very impressive. At all. I'm showing it to you now. All and right. you can see that it doesn't look like from this angle. And in fact, most angles that it doesn't look like it's going to hit him at all. Just Kobe's Kobe's sort of diagonal to where the ball is going to be coming. And actually he doesn't have anything to worry about. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It looks like he's not actually, Aiming it towards Kobe's face. Right. So, of course, I mean, Kobe could still could flinch, but it's much less impressive that he didn't, right? Yeah. So, okay. So, here's the problem. What is, yeah, what could possibly, <laughs> well, how could this be a problem? Here's the thing that needs to be fixed. Maybe the segment needs to be fixed. <laughs> it's been eight and a half years. <laughs> <laughs> Kobe has known for the last eight and a half years. That he didn't do anything, man. He didn't deserve these accolades, and he let the world think he was tougher than he is. And that needs to be fixed. So there's two possible things you can fix. You decide. One is, how do we let the world know that Kobe's weak? Or, you know, you could choose a different thing. You could choose, <laughs> how do we get Kobe back for this? <laughs> how do we get Kobe back for this? <laughs> how do we make him pay for lying and allowing this, this fiction to go on for all these years? Okay. Which one do you want to do? I got to percolate for a while. Yeah, here. no. Please. You start throwing out some thoughts. 
because sure, there's got to be some percolation for this really dumb question. I am really offended that Kobe would be would allow this to happen. I just want to tell everyone it's not okay, man. It's not okay. People give Paul Pierce trouble because he was because he needed a wheelchair for a second, or he thought he did. All right, this is much worse. I happen to have some inside information about Matt Barnes and his family. Okay, so that should be helpful because we're going to go around where we get Kobe back. Because okay, great. Who's the wronged person here? Really, it's Matt Barnes. Oh, interesting. Because he looks like he's like trying to be a dick and yeah yeah he's just actually just trying to like do a fake pass not not a fake throw at kobe's face right 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 he knows he's not yeah but and he's he's never said anything either he's been the good soldier all these years interesting and and matt barnes he's a guy who who looks like kind of a tough guy and he's got got this tough exterior and he's like kind of like the bruiser on the team you wouldn't really think he came from a background of privilege but you would be wrong oh uh little known fact matt barnes's family Big into oil back when it was good to be into oil. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Not anymore, obviously. Yeah, no, that. that's over. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, obviously with electric cars and everything. Yeah. It's going to be all over in about Gotta tw- get out. 20, Sell. 28 Sell. years. 28 years, you might be screwed. Yeah. So Matt Barnes actually has billions of dollars in okay. the bank. And he was just playing basketball because he loved playing basketball. That happens. Bill Lambeer was like that. Yeah. Now, Kobe, obviously, you have to play on his emotions a little bit because he's an emotional guy. Now, he's a guy who he loves the Lakers organization, yep. right? He'd probably love to be involved in the Lakers organization in one way or another. So through shadow corporations and, and such, the Barnes family or the Barnes trust, if, if, if you will. Yes, of course. And I will. Um, will purchase the Lakers from the bus family who will be forced to because let's be honest, the Barnes family has a lot of power. You can't say no to the Barnes family. Right. All right. So they purchase the Lakers unbeknownst to anybody. It's like a like they'll have a figurehead who's the the owner in air quotes, but really Matt Barnes will be running the show, and he'll hire Kobe as GM, Ooh. which is Kobe's dream job. Obviously, I like this. Yeah, and uh, I, I really don't know where I'm going with this. Oh, really? Life. Yeah. So so far, Kobe gets <laughs> Kobe gets his dream job. Yeah. That's the revenge. No, I, I have like thoughts, but the- Kobe, why, why don't we make a president of the United States too while we're at it? Well, that's not an appointment, Jonathan. That's an elected position. Yeah, I don't know if true. you're aware of that. That's true. Whereas the GM of the Lakers... Maybe Barnes could handle it, though. I don't think... Okay. You don't... By not, the way, I just want to say, you're saying Matt Barnes is the wrong party, and maybe he is, but I feel like the viewing public is also wrong, man. Don't We've worry. wrong. Don't worry. They'll get theirs as well. Okay. In this un, unfinished story. <laughs> okay. So... This, the year 2021. Yeah. Kobe's the GM of the Lakers. Right. There's been a whole shakeup with the way the NBA draft works, you know, and uh, we've gone to the wheel. Okay, cool. Which the wheel is, for those who don't know, just we a different team gets the first pick every year and it rotates. It has nothing to do with how you did previously. Mm-hmm. There's no incentive to tank whatsoever. Even if the Lakers are great because Kobe's done a great job GMing and LeBron's twilight years have been amazing. Yeah. It doesn't matter. They have the number one overall pick. All right. And there, it's the first year that high school players can enter the NBA draft. Okay, cool. Right. And uh, the, the shadow government of the Lakers, which is the Barnes family, sends their, their owner guy to tell Kobe, you got to go yourself and scout this high school player. All right. Because yeah. this guy is probably the number one overall pick. He's probably our guy. He looks like he's the next Greg Oden who didn't get hurt. Okay. Basically. Got it. Yeah. So Kobe goes down there to... Uh, Minneapolis, which is where this guy plays, obviously. Mm -hmm. And he goes, he watches the high school game. He's extremely impressed. The guy's really good. He looks a little bit like Matt Barnes, but he's really good. And 
<laughs> and Kobe's like, huh, that guy looks like he's 43, but damn, he's good at basketball. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Kobe does the family visit. Yeah. Uh, goes, talks to the parents, the parents who look younger than the kid somehow, mm. but that's how it works. Greg Oden. Yeah, Greg Oden, actually. Too. He's got the Greg Oden disease. Um, they're talking and happy, and the guy's like, I really want to become the Lakers. It's time for Showtime to come back for real. LeBron, that guy couldn't bring back Showtime. Mm-hmm. I'm Showtime. Yeah. I'm John Jackson from Minneapolis with a lot of tattoos. And Kobe is very happy. He's like, you know what? This is our guy. This is our kid. Yeah. He invites him out to L.A., to do like a special visit with the team and everything before the draft, just to make sure yeah. they want to take him number one overall. Yeah. John Jackson comes out. <laughs> He's got a basketball. <laughs> okay. And he chucks it at Kobe's face. <laughs> and he says, I'm Matt Barnes, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and he, know, run, he runs away. <laughs> and he sells the team immediately. <laughs> That was truly a surprising outcome. I really thought we were going in about four different directions and none of them were that. Fantastic. Fantastic solution. Was that solved? I think you've solved that one. Now, I just, as long as it's on camera. So, like, you know, people like me know what happened. Oh, I mean, it's the Lakers practice facility. They have up-to-date <laughs> stuff. It's, it's all, there's, there's lots of angles on that. He throws the ball in his face. That's really quite good. Quite good indeed. Okay. Fantastic. Nice job. Yep. So uh, I guess we should do best bets now. Yeah, let's get into our best bets. All right. Sounds great. I'm not super confident in either of mine. I have two. Okay. You you got how many you got? Uh, Hold on. I got to find it. It's somewhere. I feel like my my piece of paper with all my bets on it fell down. I have a lot. You're using paper. I know. I I decided to use paper. Because you're 104 years old. Here it is. Oh, I have. Well, I wrote down seven bets. Oh, boy. But I'm not sure. They're, They're all sort of of the same ilk. So we'll see what we think. Maybe we just pick it. one or two or three. Well, if we like all seven, we we're doing at least seven. one bet this this week. Always I'm guessing one. Of, it's going to be one of yours because I'm just not confident in mine. All right. Well, let's see. Maybe we'll have one where uh, where we are on opposite sides of it again, like last time. That would be awesome. Because uh, maybe because then you know we can just go with whatever I say. Uh, go ahead. What do you got? All right. I'll start with my less kind of splashy fun one. Um, the Seahawks are hosting the Rams, and mm. they are plus seven. At a price of plus 264, I like the Seahawks side of it. Cool. How come? I think it is a slight overreaction, and the reason that there's so much plus two, so much plus is because the public is overreacting to the Seahawks not looking that good and the Rams looking really good. Mm-hmm. Feels like a contrarian bet. Um, Jared Goff having such yeah. a big, big, big day. It might be might like stick in people's heads a lot more than it probably should. Yeah. Um, and the and the Rams having such a big day was against the Vikings, who maybe aren't actually that good, you know. Right, the Vikings were now one, two, and one. Yeah, and yeah, could be worse even. Yeah, um, I guess it could be better too if they hit that thirty-five. The reason level. I like the bet mostly is the plus two sixty-four. Well, wait, wait, wait! It can't be plus seven, plus two sixty-four. That's impossible. There's no way that's right. It's probably the money line was plus two sixty four. Oh shit, I misread that. Yeah, yeah. There's no way. Oh. It's plus seven. It's just plus seven. Yep, that's right. Plus two sixty four plus seven. We should bet everything we have on it. Yeah. Um bet twenty units. Yeah, on I it. misread the pinnacle. Yeah, yeah. But no, thing. But it was pl- just plus seven is is at least an interesting one. Uh, okay, it's not as much, good of a bet much as much I thought. <laughs> that really changed it if if that was one of your yeah. big reasons for it. Yeah. Um all right, well why don't we put that on hold and hear your yeah. other bet then? I still like the contrary nature of it. Yeah, no, me yeah. too. Me too. What else you got? Uh, okay, my other one is 
going to be really hard to actually convince anybody on. Um, and I think it's probably a bad bet, but great. Let's think about it for a second. Let's get into your best, your second best bet then. All right. LeBron to win the MVP. Oh, at plus 281. So wow, yeah, not a good price. Really hard time to convince me, but go for it. Not a good price. Take your shot. I think LeBron has the best chance to win the MVP he's had since he won his last MVP in 2013. That's a big reason for it. It's been since 2013 that he won the MVP. Mm -hmm. They basically gave Jordan MVPs at the end of his career, even though he did deserve them. But they like they've stopped giving LeBron MVPs, right? Yeah. Uh, But it's time. It's time to start giving him if he earns them the MVPs again. Like he should have been MVP last year. We both agree. Yeah, we do. Yeah. So I think it's possible this is the year that that changes with with the change of scenery and with him just deciding to really prove that like the Lakers aren't as bad as people think they are because of the roster construction and everything. How many games do the Lakers have to win for LeBron to even be in the conversation? 54, 55, probably. Sure. If they win 55 games, I think he's in the conversation for sure. Like yeah. legit conversation. Not like the, you know, he's he's always in the conversation, but like sh- someone's going to be like, but how many I be games did the Cavs win last year and he was in the conversation? It wasn't that many, right? Um, I, do, I mean... I don't remember. They were like the four seed, right? They were not. No, no, they were not the four seed. That was the year before, wasn't it? The year before they won 48 or something. And he was in the conversation then. Yeah, I mean, he's in the conversation for the Cavs, but also they, I mean, this is tougher because the Rockets are probably going to have a better record. The the Warriors are going to have a better record. I mean, Harden's going to have to really do something extreme to win MVP two years in a row. I mean, I think Anthony Davis has a reasonable chance to win MVP this year. I think Gian- Giannis has a reasonable chance to win MVP this year. Um, their, their only problems is that they're going to have – they're not going to win enough games. That's the only thing that's going to get in their way. Um, Westbrook sort of opened the door for that a little bit more two years ago, so maybe they can pull it off anyway. Uh, if not them, who are other really good candidates at this point? Kawhi is an interesting candidate. He's Yeah, I feel like he's pretty unlikely, but yeah. I mean, if he's fully healthy, yeah. he's got a pretty good chance. The Raptors are going to be really good. He's going to be by far the best player on that team and the best player probably in the Eastern Conference, right? Um, and they're going to sort of run over to the East for the most part, for the most part, right? Yeah. In the I regular mean, season. Not if, not if the Sixers get Jimmy Butler. Um, well, they'll, they'll, they'll still run over the rest of the East except for the Sixers and the Celtics. Though. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're going to be really, really good if Kawhi is fully back. So Kawhi is a, Kawhi is a reasonable guy. Um, the price is not very good. That is, yeah, I know. That I, just, is, I just feel like the way the NBA at least used to work yeah. was like, they. I feel like they gave Jordan MVP because they felt like the public would like it almost like near the end of his career. And I feel like it's that time for LeBron. I, I mean, you make it sound as though like everyone got together and talked about this. These are media members voting individually. I mean, I know, I know, but it, there is a co- like a collective thought going on with these people all the time. I mean... To some degree, but I don't think they ever do it because they think the public will like it. I think they may do it because they think like a player deserves it or they've yeah, like, paid yeah. their dues, which is a little different, right? Right. You know, but it, like, it's kind of striking that LeBron hasn't won MVP since 2013. Like, How many of those years do you think he actually deserved to win MVP? Almost yeah. everyone. Maybe every one of no, them. No, no, no. Steph Curry deserved to win at least once, yes, not twice. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, besides that, probably LeBron should have won every other year, right? Probably. Probably. But now it, LeBron's going to be 34. Yeah. And... It's a different system with different players. It's, a fin- it's the first time in a long time that it's been like that. Anyway, it's four years. All right. Let's say, happened. but you have a vote for MVP. Yeah. And LeBron is 34, to your, yeah. to your point. Say the Lakers win 54 games. Yeah. And LeBron puts up a typical, like, 28, 9, and 8 line for the season and is just incredible the whole season. Yeah. And you think maybe, like, this is my last chance to vote for LeBron for MVP. And he actually kind of deserves it. 
You know, that could be a factor. Maybe. That could be a factor. Yeah, I just don't know if it happens enough that the price justifies it. I know. That's that's the only problem. Um, I mean, if I had a vote for LeBron for... If I had an MVP vote, yeah, he would have gotten my vote the last several years, for sure. Except except the year Steph Curry truly went crazy. Maybe the two years he went crazy. The second year, for sure, where he, like, outdid his own MVP numbers by so much. Maybe the first one, too. I'd have to look back at it now. I can't really think of another spot, though, where, to me, it's clearly he's the MVP all those other years. Yeah. You know, that's how it is in the NBA, though. This is like you're saying, Jordan was clearly the MVP for all these years. To me, Shaq was the MVP for, mm-hmm. like, a decade, basically, and they gave it to him once. I mean, th- weird stuff happens around this. Um, I don't know. I would actually be concerned that they're less likely to give it to him because they may not love that he went to L.A., like the media and stuff like that, if anything. But I don't think that's going to play into it, ultimately. I think he's 34. I don't think they're going to win enough games for this to work out, and I think the price isn't good enough. Whatever, fuck so, you. But you, you knew I was going to say all those things, yeah, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. All right, why don't we talk about mine and see if I can convince you on any of mine. My okay. seven potential. That's maps. a lot. I know. I just kept seeing things. I was like, oh, interesting. All right, here's number one. Jacksonville, plus three at the Kansas City Chiefs. Hmm. That is interesting. Why is it interesting to you? I'll tell you why it's interesting to me. But Well, because, I, I, I mean, they were on the road, but the Chiefs just did barely beat the Broncos, and mm. you would think Jacksonville is a lot better than the Broncos still. Oh, yeah, I would, too. Yeah. Um, we are now in Kansas City, which does change it, yeah. for sure. Um, at the same point, to me, this is also one of those spots where Kansas City's 4-0. I think a lot of people still think Jacksonville kind of sucks more than they do because of Bortles. I mean, know? they're good, though. They're good defensively, yeah. right? They can't really score still. Yeah. And, and by the way, Fournette's going to be out and stuff like that. True. To me, this just feels like a very much like an anti-public uh, play to go Jacksonville plus three, where everyone's going to be like, how can Casey only be favored by three yeah, points? Yeah, Kansas City is kind of thing. the darling right now. Yeah. So all my bets are along the same thought process of like just anti-public plays. So I guess my Seahawks was kind of like that as absolutely. well. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it really was. I, I kind of liked it for that reason. Let me tell you the other ones. We'll see if any of them stand out to you, okay? Um, I got Buffalo against Tennessee. Let me see who is the home team here. It is uh, in Buffalo. That's pretty good. Tennessee is minus three. I'm sorry. No, it's three and a half. So, um, so Buffalo plus three and a half hosting Tennessee. Well, that is certainly anti-public. Yeah. Right. Like it feels real wrong. That's, that's when you want to bet, man, when it feels real, real wrong. So that feels like kind of juicy and beautiful. Um, here's another pretty good one. The green Bay Packers are going to the Detroit lions. Detroit is. Oh yeah. That one getting one point. They're plus one. Yeah, that's so you want to bet on Detroit plus one. Exactly. I want all these things where it feels like, how can that be right? Good. That that's what last week was about too. Yeah, you know? like bet against like bet against the public because clearly the public every time it feels like wrong is where I feel like oh it must be right then. Okay, must is strong obviously, but um, here's another one: the Dolphins. Who are the Dolphins playing? The Dolphins are playing the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. Miami's getting six and a half points. Miami's getting six and a half. Yeah. And you'd think that you want to bet Cincinnati usually? Oh, so. no, no, no. I want to bet Miami. Yeah. Because so they most, got blown out. Most people oh, want to bet Cincinnati. Because cause the Dolphins got shown to be so like a pretender. Yeah. yeah. Cincinnati is, has a good record, right? Cincinnati is three and one. Yeah. Had a really exciting They've win. They've been looking good. They've been looking pretty good. They're in Cincinnati, stuff like that. So, yeah. So, I kind of like Miami plus six and a half there as well. I got more. This okay. never ends, man. Oakland and the Chargers. It's Oakland at LA. Um, the Chargers are five and a half point favorite so i like the raiders plus five and a half um against the chargers okay it doesn't reason- seem that anti-public they did just win at least they did they i mean they won in absurd ways yeah. where they, the refs helped them out twice yes they did um 
in spots which feel absurd anyway. Um, but they did win, finally. Uh, they're a very bad team, right? The other thing about it, though, is I'm wondering if the Chargers are still... Are, if the um, home field advantage is how it's priced in, because the Raiders and the Chargers both are kind of LA teams right now. Like no, no one goes to Chargers games in LA as a Charger fan. Like it's all the opposing teams fans. It's going to be full of Raiders fans. And that matters because the, the home field advantage is really about refs being swayed by sure. the, uh, the crowd. Well, and also the crowd noise and, and big downs and stuff. Sure. That helps starts. a little bit too. Yeah. So I kind of like Oakland plus five and a half. But wait, there's more. Okay. Minnesota travels to the Philadelphia Eagles. Minnesota's getting three points. Remember we were just saying how Minnesota may not be that good? So you want to bet Minnesota plus three? I want three? Minnesota plus three, baby. Okay. Let's go. Um, Philly is the you know is coming off their Super Bowl. Wentz is back. They look like they're putting it together a little bit. Seems like a perfect time to bet on the Vikings in Philly. <laughs> I, I mean this, of course. So best bets pretty much are always just going to be, this doesn't make sense. Let's bet it. Not always, but, um, but some of the time. Yeah. yeah. And uh, mostly that's how I bet the NFL. Once the season has established itself a little bit, once you're like four or five weeks into the season, now the teams have got, um, you have a feeling for like how good teams are. At least there's a perception. And so anytime the line seems to go against the perception, I want to bet. I want to bet that way, basically. Um, okay. Last one is Houston is hosting the Dallas Cowboys. And Houston are three and a half point favorites against the Dallas Cowboys in Houston. So you want to bet which side of the that? Texans, baby, because who would want to do that? <laughs> yeah. They're one and three. They really shouldn't have won. They should be 0 and four. Cowboys aren't very good either, though. The Cowboys are, uh, what are they? They're two and two. I mean, they look like garbage. Eh, maybe that's true. Maybe that's true. Maybe that's not as good one, but I don't know. Three and a half got the hook, too. That's nice. That extra half a point. Super sweet. Anyway, so those are, those are my seven games that are all like my bad belly games. Like it makes you a little bit of a stomachache to bet on this. On the the one that gives me the biggest stomachache is probably Detroit plus one. Ooh, cool. Detroit plus one hosting Green Bay. Yeah, you think Aaron Rodgers is like the best QB now and for the next five years, right? Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense that that would not feel good. Um, that one is good. The one of the ones that gives me the biggest stomachache is the Buffalo getting three and a half against Tennessee. Yeah, that also. That also they're, yeah. But they're at home. They're in Buffalo also, which is kind of nice. But it's not cold yet. True. And they have a rookie quarterback. Yeah. So that's good for us. Yeah. It's got to make your stomach hurt, man. All right. Well, why don't you pick two of those that you like the most? Well, we're doing this together. Um, we could just go with those two. Okay. That's fine. They're all the same to me. Uh, they all are, they're all just like bad belly games. So you want to do Buffalo three and a half, Detroit plus one. Good okay. news is uh, Detroit plus one is minus one oh two, so it gets a little bit better. Yeah, I don't know. Buffalo is minus one ten. How do you feel about the Seahawks plus seven versus the Rams? I don't hate it for all for the same contrarian reasons. Yeah, um, the Rams looked uh, amazing. Seattle looks kind of bad. We're in Seattle, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm down with that. All right, want to do those three? Sure. Okay. And I know we can get Cleveland under thirty and a half from the. Here's what I want to do with that. I want to wait on that one and just do a little more research to make sure before we bet that because we have time before the season starts. So there's no rush on that one. These other ones, you know, they happen pretty quickly. But I'm pretty down with Cleveland under 30 and a half. Okay. If we didn't have a bet, I'd be like, let's just make that. All right. Cool. Well, we got three. Yeah. So there's only one thing left to do in this show. Wait, Seahawks plus seven. Let's make sure we we go over those and so we know what they are. Seahawks plus seven. Yeah. Buffalo plus three and a half. Yeah. Hosting the Titans, the three and one Titans. Yeah. Detroit hosting the Green Bay Packers plus one. Ugh, this is going to be the second time we bet on Detroit this year. 
Yep. No. No, we didn't bet. We just no, no, we bet against Detroit. Picked them on Survivor. Oh, pool. this is another one of those weird spots where we're actually going to be rooting for Detroit here, but we're betting against them. The rooting is all messed up, but who cares? It doesn't matter. Okay. Let's do some quick Survivor pool stuff, shall we? Sure. Okay. It's week five, in case you were wondering. So that means that you got to take certain teams because it's a week five. It's the National Football League. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's it. You got to go with uh, Colts because Oladipo. I mean, Indianapolis, bro. Yeah. They got it all. That kid is athletic. Yeah. All right. So there's one huge um, favorite this week, and it's the Patriots hosting the Colts. I imagine there's majority of the field is on them. That is correct. 41% of Yahoo players are taking the Pats. They're 10.5-point favorites. So we know what we do with that, right? Throw it in the garbage. That's and right. Take a shit on it. Kick it into the can. <laughs> Tell you never, you want, never want to see it again. Yeah. So we're not taking the Patriots. We're saving them for a rainy day. By the way, rainy day could just be week eight where they're playing the Bills. They're going to be 10.5-point favorites. No, but then we have to contrarian bet on the Bills. We can do both. There's a middle. Yeah, that's There's true. There's a middle. You can you know win the game and win by less than 10 and a half. It'll be fine. Okay, every other game is like under 7% pick, so anyone we want we can take, basically. And we'll just the only things to think about for the rest of the, these teams are future value. Okay. Okay, so here's your candidates. The Los Angeles Rams of Los Angeles are seven-point favorites, as we know, yeah. against the Seattle Seahawks. They are in Seattle, though. We don't like taking road teams too much, and the Rams have got the most future value of any team so we might want to hold off on those, but they are seven points. Throw favorites. them in the garbage, but don't poop on them yet. Right. Save the pooping. <laughs> uh, Washington visits the New Orleans Saints. They are six and a half point favorites. Washington is six and a half point no, favorites? No, no. New Orleans is six okay. and a half point favorites. Um, New Orleans doesn't have a lot of future value either. There's no other really great games for them the rest of the way. So it's not a bad time to burn the Saints. Yeah, like, I'm still just a little afraid of the Saints the same way I was in week two when... They lost. Yeah, they are yeah. three and one though, and they look pretty good. They handled the Giants. Oh, they didn't lose in week two. They just got close to losing. Yeah, they, they barely beat the Browns. Yeah, but they handled the Giants comfortably. And Washington might be a little better than the Giants, but probably not a lot. Oh, Washington's a lot better than the Giants. I mean, whatever. They're six and a half point favorites. It's it's re- it's a it's a reasonable pick anyway. Yeah. Um, Miami visits Cincinnati. Cincinnati also has basically no future value. They're going to have other similar situations. Week fifteen, they'll host Oakland. Week twelve, they'll host Cleveland. That's about it. It's a reasonable time to use our Cincinnati bullet as well. Not that it's a huge bullet in our arsenal. Still, it's a bullet. Yeah. Um, besides that, the only other really good one at all is uh, the Carolina Panthers are hosting the New York Giants. Oh, the Panthers actually have um, almost 18% on them too. So actually, we may want to avoid them. Yep. Carolina has basically no future value, like even less than those other teams. So that's not great. They're hosting Seattle in week 12. That's kind of it. Everything else is like Seattle's a team that by week 12, maybe they get something together a little bit. Yeah. No, no, I know. So this is like, so like if we want, this is as good a favorite as Carolina is probably going to be for the rest of the year as a, as a touchdown. But 18% of the field is on them. 18%. I know it's a lot. So it's, we'd rather not pick them if we could avoid it. So that comes back to, do we want Carolina, which is a little bit more of a favorite and has no more value? Or do we want New Orleans or Cincinnati, which has less people on them and a slightly less bit of a favorite and has a little bit of future value? Okay, my thoughts are between the less people on them teams. Yeah, I um, agree. New Orleans and Cincinnati is who we should be looking at. My subjective field player idiot thoughts are that Cincinnati at some point it has no future value because it feels like at some point it's all going to fall apart. My only <laughs> okay. question is, is it this week? Yeah. You know, New Orleans feels like kind of the opposite. Like, when is it all going to come together? And maybe it already has. I think it has. Yeah. 
So that gives them more future value if, okay. if they continue to come together, but also makes me feel a lot more confident in them this week. So you think New Orleans is just a better team, is your point, yeah. than Cincinnati. So, yeah, they're, so they're at home. They classically do way better in domes, and their home is a dome. You know, well so. said. Home dome. They really have no future value, to be clear, New Orleans. Now, maybe they will. Like you're saying, if they if they start to look like a world beater by week twelve, suddenly we'll be excited. Like who's more likely to look like a world beater by week twelve between them and Cincinnati? Um, probably the Saints. Cincinnati has more favorable matchups. Like week twelve, they get to host Cleveland. Week fifteen, they get to host Oakland. That's just like that's just better than the matchups that New Orleans has. But again, if New Orleans looks like the best team in the league. You know, they're going to go to Tampa Bay in week 14. Maybe by then it'll be really an easy take. Like, yep. no problem. I know they're on the road, but who Tampa cares? Tampa Bay's going to be starting Mike Glennon by then. Oh, man. Is he really on that team? No, but he has been he's in the on, past. He's on some team, though. Is he? Yeah. Is he still the Bears' backup? I hope not. No, he's... he No, he's... He's on. He's the backup on the freaking Cardinals because Bradford's in third string behind him now. Wow. They're paying Sam Bradford, by the way, $20 million this year. And to get out of next year's $20 million deal, they have to pay him another five. Bradford is the king, man. He made $25 million to play two games. Three Bradford games. is, yeah, he's the new Matt Flynn. How much money has that guy made in this career being, he's had one, one reasonably good season, I think. It's unbelievable. That guy's probably made like $300 million. No, well, there's the, that's too much. He's got the positive stigma of being the number one overall pick. It really helps. Yeah. It really helps. And he was competent a little bit here. Now, I guess with the Vikings, was it two years ago? Yeah, he was good. He looked good. That, well, he wasn't he good. He had the highest completion percentage in history. But he wasn't good. Okay, sure. Thank that, you. That's not a stat that you want. He wasn't no, good. No, that's a bad stat. He was so good that the next year, like, he was no longer the quarterback in case Keenan was He got hurt. And then he came back, and he was, he was the third-string quarterback anyway. He was he healthy. Was hurt. He was hurt basically the whole year. No, no. He, no, he was healthy by the, the last, like, five or six weeks of the season, and he did not play at all, and they were not interested in him playing. Whatever. We don't need to argue. He's okay. bad. I understand. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. That's, that's reasonable. Okay. So. Saints? Yes. Saints. I like taking the Saints right now. All right. Saints it is. Saints forever. Saints yeah. go marching in. Just, just this week. Right. Which is now over. What? Oh, yeah.